0: Whenever you need sports, sports conference, tune in Bleed Seats.
1: That was the most exciting thing to happen tonight.
0: Join Zach Wolchuk, Zach Babb, and Eric Giofalo as they take you through the top stories of the week and beyond. I
1: don't even know who the hell that
2: is. It's time for the Nosebleed Seats. There's not much that gets me more fired up. It's about that time for some Nosebleed Seats, the show everyone can afford to listen to. I'm your host, Zach Wolchuk, alongside my co-host, Eric Chiafalo, and the producer, the Bab, producer Bab. How's everybody doing? It is episode number 15. We've got another tremendous show for you tonight. We're talking NBA draft lottery. We're talking NBA playoffs. We're having Nick Nepic on to mm, give his takes
3: mm. because he
2: is the mega genius on all things draft NBA-wise. We'll recap some UFC 211. Oh, my freaking Lord. Has Conor McGregor signed?
4: No way, dude. Maybe. No
2: way. We'll talk a little NFL. There's been some movement. Of course, we'll get weird. We'll even talk a little more entertainment because that's been uh, that's been kind of sexy. That's gotten real steamy.
4: Oh, that's gotten mad hot. The
2: last few weeks. But I think we got to start things off with the thing that is on everyone's minds. Eric, what the hell has happened? Any progress? How are you feeling? A little bit better.
4: Well, actually, it's funny you say that because physically, I don't know if you can tell. I'm I'm a little bit sick. I'm a little bit under the weather. Well, I guess just, I'm not sick. I'm ill. I am not sick. Okay. Shout out to Little Wayne. On are that.
2: we all gonna come down with like some virus here? I don't We're know. Potentially wake up with the flu later. tomorrow.
4: Potentially. Okay. Oh. And God help us if uh, I mean Walchek. If you get sick, plus that rash you already have, I feel bad for you. If I get you sick. Dude, not everyone needs to That's know about a lot to deal with. Why do
2: you have to air my dirty laundry? Well, because
4: man, it's a safe space. This is what we do here. It is you a know? safe space. And I You're let right. my I let my feelings. I I I pretty much was as vulnerable as ever last episode about the job thing, and so I ended up getting a phone call uh, and and scheduling. I was supposed to meet with the guy actually yesterday, which was Wednesday. Wednesday morning, I arrived to CBS Radio fifteen minutes early, feeling like a champion. I'm in the parking lot. I'm looking at my phone, just trying to kill some time for a couple of minutes. I check my email. I see that the guy I was supposed to interview with emailed me at about 6.30 that morning and said that he was out sick that day. And so we'd have to reschedule to Friday, which oh. is tomorrow.
2: Yes. So, so you made the drive for Nada. Yes. Which is, uh, I was least. a little, I was a little, uh,
4: I could feel it in my rear end a little bit. It was a little hurt, a little butt hurt. But uh, at the same time,
5: butt hurt, butt hurt, <laughs> butt hurt, hurt.
4: At the same time, I still got the phone call. I got the call. That's what I needed. That's what I needed. You guys talked me off the ledge a little bit. Last episode, my family kind of talked me off the ledge while also just making fun of me for how awful I probably was. Um, and we they got a good laugh out of it. So I got the phone call. I'm going to meet with them tomorrow, so I don't know if I got it yet. I got to say I'm feeling better now, but I won't know officially till tomorrow. So hopefully episode 16, we're having a freaking CBS party in here. And I'll show up just like usual without my pants, and it'll be great. I love it
2: when you don't have your pants on. The last two weeks, you've been wearing sweats. I know it's been bothering you, but no undies, no undies. Okay. Well, at least there's no undies. I can't tell though. Jerk. You face the other way. I can't see the plummets. Oh, is that why? Oh, oh, okay, okay. okay. I think you're fine. I'm happy that you finally got a call. But
4: I, I do apologize for sounding so. I don't know how nasally. Yeah, I feel like I sound nasally congested. Just not good. You sound like Bab
2: did in his old, like, fifth-grade commentary. I sound like Bab now, except less <laughs> sexy. Less sexy is very true. Obviously it, less it's, sexy. It's in the genes. What's up, so, Maddie.
4: So So, yeah. Back off. Good, good news that way. Good news that way. Things are rolling. Things are rolling. We'll find out. Episode 16. It's a party. Hopefully. Or you guys are just going to have to console me while I weep in my sorrows when they tell me I didn't get it.
2: No, you'll be fine. I don't think we're going to have to do that. And if we do, that's why we have a safe space here. You can come get it off your chest. You know I will. We'll recover. We'll reload. I'll tell you. We will fire. We'll fire all over the place. I did end up wrapping up finally this lax season. Oh,
4: did you? Done
2: now. You're such a laxy guy. It was a laxy season. It was fun. My first year doing any kind of broadcasting for lacrosse. I enjoyed it. Highland Park lost in the state semifinal. Mm. I don't know what it is, man. I can't break free from the state semifinal.
4: What is it about you,
2: I don't know. Just a bad luck charm?
0: You even actually have Highland Park on your side this time. I know. And they fail you in the semifinal.
2: (laughs) It's just ironic. The teams that I'm broadcasting for just can't quite get over that hurdle and make it to the state championship. Is it you? It probably is. Is it you? It probably is me. Yeah. They're probably like big F you. But luckily – Jesuit, the team that defeated Highland Park in the semifinal, they enjoyed what we were doing so much. They said, hey, will you guys come back tomorrow? and broadcast our state championship game against DSD. We did so. It was a great game. Jesuit came back from 6-1 to one down at half.
4: Wow, so you guys are so good that the other team wanted you to call their game? That's kind of cool. Yeah, it was fun. It was, that's a, it was that's cool. That's kind of
2: like a badge of honor. That's a little bit of tip of the cap there. Yeah, I mean, it was, look, any any kind of awareness, I think, that can be brought to the sport of lacrosse because I, we're mean huge lax. sports fans. Yeah, lax. And I really couldn't have carried less about lacrosse two months ago but now but now i'm I'm intrigued by it i think it's a fun sport it's an underrated sport it's pretty physical too isn't it it's it's like underrated how physical it is yeah i promise you if you guys and they have it now it's like the national ncaa tournament for college if on the weekends you're chilling there you got nothing better to do you see some lacrosse college lacrosse on espn put it on watch it for 30 minutes i promise you you'll be like wow this is actually really entertaining it's fast-paced up and down physical Pretty wild what these kids can do out there.
4: I don't know, man. Lax has got a lot of competition because Bab's been telling me there's a lot of good sporting events going on this weekend. We'll we'll hear about
2: that later. Bab's got a list of what to watch, folks.
4: I'm excited. It's just sporting events in the month of May. Yeah. It doesn't get much better.
2: Dude, in May, there's There's just
4: the important stuff. (laughs) I mean, we know what the important sporting events are these days. Yes.
2: Croquet?
4: I mean, we'll
2: get to it. Croquet? Um. Yeah, croquet. Croquet? No, I think probably the thing that's on most people's minds right now is the NBA playoffs and the NBA draft lottery.
4: Yes, one hundred percent. Sports wise, that's what's getting people getting a little tingly inside. NBA playoffs, NBA lottery. It was the NBA lottery was what, Tuesday night? It or was Monday. Tuesday.
2: Or it was Tuesday? Uh No, it was Monday. It was Tuesday.
4: No, it was Monday.
2: Was it? Well, today's Thursday. I think it was Tuesday.
4: I think it was Tuesday as well. I think it was Tuesday. Okay, we got two I for think, Tuesday. I, I think so. Oh, you're right. <laughs> yes, I, totally I, had to- I was literally watching it at the taco place for Taco Tuesday watching the live How many
2: tacos did you have, though?
4: Well, I ordered four this week, and I ate all four. Hey. My appetite's back, ladies and gentlemen. There Stress-free. is. Stress-free, feeling better.
2: Good for you, big Even though guy. I'm sick at the same time, it's amazing how that works. Yeah, usually when I'm sick, it's when I do my best work of losing weight, and then I'll just eat a full cake and recover it immediately. Oh, perfect. That's the best medicine right there, man.
4: (laughs) Nothing bunt? Are you a nothing bunt guy? Nothing bunt cake is delicious. Oh, my God. My sister's a big fan. Yeah, well, I think everybody's a big fan. It's freaking awesome. If you've never had a bunt cake, go get it. A bunt? A bunt cake.
2: A bunt cake. So what happened in the lottery? Didn't some crazy stuff go down? Dude, honestly, I think it's completely rigged. Why is that? I just think the draft. Because lottery the Lakers is got a top
4: three you're pick such again. A, you're such a conspiracy theorist there. <laughs> am Walter? I?
2: I really don't think I am. I think that it's ridiculous how the We Lakers, didn't walk on the moon either, did we, Walter? Oh, frick Yes, we did. Yes, we did. I believe that happened. All right, so why is the NBA? I just think the, it, it's fair, this it's convenient us. that the Lakers still slipped into the top three, right? They get the number two pick. So if they fall out and they don't get a top three pick, it's not top three protected their pick was going to go to the 76ers, and Ooh. they're completely screwed. Yeah, right. Okay, so and th- what was their chances of even getting the top three pick? It was pr- I think they were slim. just a little less than 50%. I think they were like 46% or something to get a top three pick. Wow. And they ended up making it happen? And they made it happen. They got number two. Jeez. So they didn't even get three. They jumped all the way up to two. No, and I said, look. Th- that it's a little fishy. I said to my roommate, we were sitting there watching, and I said, man, I'm telling you, the Lakers are going to get pick number two, and they're going to get Lonzo Ball, and everything's just going to fall perfectly because that's how the NBA does their stuff. I mean, Boston ends up getting number one. They're in the Eastern Conference Finals right now. It's pretty incredible. Oh,
0: that's because of that.
2: That's because they swindled. Trade. Yeah.
0: yeah, they swindled the Brooklyn Nets.
2: Credit Danny Ainge. Fine. I'm fine with that. It's just weird how the, power, the two powerhouses of the NBA, right? Boston and L.A., they're sitting at the top two picks of the draft. Boston's turned it around the lakers they're hoping to keep turning it around with magic johnson it's just convenient and all this lonzo ball talk about
4: he's only gonna play for the lakers the late it seems like it's destined to happen they only had a four percent chance of getting the top three pick which you would have to have in order to get lonzo ball and they end up with number two
2: and the mavericks that's some magic right there are stuck at nine that's that magic johnson magic isn't it look i do love magic johnson and i think that he's gonna do a the job, the lake is. I think they're going to get better sooner rather than later. But it's just like, I don't trust the NBA, dude. I, I never have. No, it is a little bit interesting, man, because when you think about the fact that they
4: had a freaking four and a half percent chance to get a top three
2: spot. No, no, no I think it was 46. 46 percent? I think they had a pretty high chance. Weren't they like one of the top three worst records in the league? They
0: were pretty bad.
2: Yeah, I think they had a pretty good odds to do it. It's not like it was it's completely... Like the, it's not like oh, the I it was, No, no, no. It wasn't, wasn't mind-blowing that they got it. I wow. mean, the odds were fairly high that they were. To me, it just still stinks a little bit.
4: Yeah, dude. Well, okay. Well, then I'm less on your bandwagon than now. If it's 46%, then it was pretty likely that it was going to happen, if me. It was fairly likely, me.
2: yeah. I thought it was 4. But I don't know look, why. I we've seen it was some weird 4. stuff. 4.6 or something. No, no. I think it was what like... What was I
4: doing? Like, maybe the Minnesota Timberwolves
0: They had the, the, the second-worst record in the Western Conference...
4: Yeah, but can you look up and figure out what their percentages were before the lottery? Is there any way to do that, Bab? If there is, uh, let, let me, me know. Punch otherwise, my fancy phone here. Otherwise, I believe you guys and forty-six percent. Way to go, Lakers! Way to go, Magic! You worked it, buddy. Do you believe I mean, mean, in the lottery? So, I mean, I, I'm not a conspiracy guy. I'm not into everybody's trying to rig this no, and rig no. that. Aside from the but, conspiracy thing, oh, just, just in the general. Process am I a general. fan of the lottery? Yeah. Yeah. you know that's a good question. I think it's, I think it's. Uh, it's better than the – I actually like the NFL draft a little bit better because it just ranks you how bad you were. But okay. Then, all right, go ahead. Go Here's ahead, your percentages.
0: This comes from tankathon.com, which specializes in this stuff, if you can't tell. They had a 15% chance of either getting the first, second, or third pick. So basically, altogether, they had a 45% chance of getting a, getting a top pick. Oh, okay,
4: okay. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. All right, well, yeah, so then that's that's not super out of the world that they got that. But it is frustrating, even though the, the NBA is better when the Lakers are good. So if they go get a guy in the oh, top yeah, two, and I they get a star, that. and they get a stud, and then who knows, maybe Paul George in a year, he seems destined for L.A. And, you know, they can they can get
2: back on track. For me, I'm just not a big fan of the draft lottery. I completely agree with you. I think it should just be how the NFL does it worst record she gets slotted that's how it goes yeah but
4: the nba there's wouldn't you tank more that way or, or am i wrong because i feel like you would tank more because all you have to do is just guarantee you have the worst record and you know at least the lottery says listen even if you have the worst record there's a chance you won't get that top pick that's true Whereas the nfl is telling you listen if you just have the worst record just do me a favor have the worst record and we're going to give you the best pick guaranteed so just suck and we're going to give it to you but it's funny how in the NFL it doesn't wor- it doesn't work that way where teams tank. You don't really
2: see that. Well, I, look, you have situations where the Mavericks tried to tank, and they still won. Are you talking about this year? Yeah, yeah. I think we had we have Mark Cuban. He was on uh, the Dan Patrick Show this week, Mab, If you, I think we we should have those pulled right. And he talked Correct. about he first gave his opinion, which would be cut one of if he thinks the draft lottery works, and then we might as well just follow up with cut two, which is how he talked about. Pretty much admitted, yeah, the Mavericks tanked, and this is how they tried to do it, but it still didn't work. So just go ahead and play cut one, and then you might as well just play cut two back-to-back, if you don't mind.
5: Not as well as it should, but, you know, there there aren't a whole lot of alternatives. Um, it works well enough, I guess. It, it obviously creates some misincentives towards the end of the season for teams that aren't going to make the playoffs. But, you know, until you can come up with a better solution, that's what we got. The Mavs, once we were eliminated from the, the playoffs, we did everything possible to lose games. And so if we did it up front, if we knew okay. that this was a rebuild season and we just did it up front, then, you know, you, you, know, you kind of know what kind of team you have. And if you could get eliminated early and then start building momentum, you can finish, you know, your season 30 and 10 <laughs> and end up with a boatload of ping pong balls.
0: How did you tank? How do you, you, you know, play
5: all your young players?
0: Okay, that was it. But there is—is is it uh, you send out a memo, or you just say
5: no, no? Because the guys, once a guy walks on the court, they're going to play the heart out. Particularly the young guys, because they have something to prove. So you know, Dorian Finney-Smith, um, Yogi Ferrell—there's there, nothing you could say or do to them to say don't play hard or try to lose this game. That wouldn't be right, in, and I don't think any NBA team would ever do that. But when you have Salah Mesri shooting threes, <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's not a good thing.
5: Yeah.
2: Yeah, you know, what the hell are we supposed to do? I love that. We evil got Salah out there, and he's just <laughs> draining threes. The Mavericks were one loss away from having their chances at a top three pick. I think they would have swapped with Philadelphia. Really is, is so, what I had heard.
4: So if they would have just lost one, one more, more game, game, they would have had the third. They pick would have the draft. had the third
2: pick in the draft. Jeez, that stings. Yeah. So it's like, what the effing poo is going on? Well, here? it's
4: really at least it's cool that Mark Cuban because he's anti-tank, isn't he? Usually anti-tank, oh, yeah. anti-losing. Even if I'm the eighth seed and I know I'm going to get swept in the first
2: round, I want to make the playoffs. That is Mark Cuban. Yeah, for sure. And he actually said on the Dan Patrick show, Dan asked him that, "Hey, have you ever been to the draft lottery?" And Mark said, yeah, the first year I bought the team, or one of the first years, he went, and he hated it. He felt it was like the loser circle, and ne- he never wanted to be back here.
4: Yeah, that sucked when you ended up with Dirk Nowitzki. That really blew.
2: Hey, that worked out well, and that was at pick number nine. So 15 years later? You got pick number nine? Pick number nine. Is there a uh, is there a white German out there? I'll ask Nick here in a moment. We're about to call him and get him on here, but uh, maybe there is. Maybe the Mavericks can catch lightning in a bottle and get... The next Dirk. I don't know if there's another. Uh... I don't think there's another Dirk, but maybe they can get a stud. I don't know. Pretty much, here's what the lottery order is. Well, hey, ended listen, man.
4: This is a deep draft.
2: That's what we've heard. And I've heard what? It's nine players deep? Well, nine. I have, I like have
4: nine actually heard that where really there's like good nine players. really, really good. And then there's a drop off after that sort of that ninth guy. So at but, least
2: they're at the bottom of that. Yes.
4: I mean, you're pretty much guaranteed. It's almost like the NFL draft where the Cowboys were sitting. You knew at 28 they were going to get a good player, weren't really sure who was going to be. You knew it was going to be a good one. That's how this lottery is. I think there's a lot of good players. I think the teams will have them ranked a little bit differently. They're going to
2: like who they like. So you're not sure who's going to fall to you, but whoever does, it's going to be a good player. Well, it ended up being Boston one, the Lakers two, the Sixers got number three, which was really funny because they had Joel Embiid there. And he was just goofing hard the whole time. It was hilarious. And then the Phoenix Suns are four. Sacramento gets five and 10 in trades from Philadelphia in New Orleans. And then you've got the Magic at 6, the T-Wolves at 7, the Knickerbockers at 8, and the Mavericks at 9. So that's your top 10 right there for the draft lottery. Well, who's at 10? The 10 is the Kings. Oh, okay. Sacramento at 10. Yeah, but to me. And then the
4: the Heat got screwed, man. We got 14. Miami's
2: down there at 14. I was just hoping for like 12 maybe. Give me a little Magic Johnson help. Maybe Nick will be able to give you some hope that there will be a player there for the Heat.
4: You're right. You're right. Crossing my fingers, Nick. Give me some good
2: news, baby. Well, let's bring him on here. Uh, Nick Nepic, ladies and gentlemen, from 105.3, the fan L D FM in Dallas, our no seats draft expert in all things NBA, Nick Nepic, brother. How you doing,
6: man? I'm doing well, guys. How are
2: you? Oh, just living the dream, bro. Happy to hear your beautiful voice.
6: Well, do I get intro music? Is that what I'm hearing? Oh,
2: you get intro music, baby. Kisses. VIP.
6: Oh, I really like that song, I think. thank you you're You're dang right you do Uh,
4: who doesn't we knew you you had a crazy taste
6: well you know i i can do so many things well but music normally isn't one of them but i like that song so i i I appreciate it
2: i know you can woo the ladies pretty well you got yourself a hot Uh, new girlfriend huh
6: well maybe maybe Don't don't be coy with us this is the safe space (laughs) i'm saying all i'm saying is like you can pay anybody enough and they'll agree to anything so
4: okay so that was that was your play that was your play
6: you right. just yeah, you he, just paid her. I got a check out and I said it's signed. You fill out the amount.
4: Wow, you're you're <laughs> a big baller. You must be a big baller. Woo!
6: I well, I need. I'm in look. I'm looking for a job because uh, that went. There was all my money. So
4: you hey,
6: help me out there. Did you, you spent
2: it at a
4: good place, right?
6: Well, I hope so. Did you meet her
4: on Tinder, or at least give us like, is it an online thing, or how'd you I, meet?
6: I was set up with her through a friend.
4: Oh, blind date. Yeah. So nice.
6: Uh, worked out and. That's good.
4: All right, very good. Well, let me ask you one more question, Nick. What is your go-to first date? Besides cutting the check, what's your go-to first date (laughs) if you know you want to get this lady?
6: I think you can't go wrong with just like a classic dinner and maybe grab a drink afterwards if you're not of drinking age, maybe some ice cream. Uh, But just like a place where you can get to know somebody, you know? Talk to them. Because if you go to a movie, you're not really talking at all. You're just sitting there. So dinner is a nice – nice place you can break the ice and get that awkward you know first meeting or maybe if you've met before just that first like interaction out of the way but yeah just classic dinner and maybe uh, somewhere to hang out afterwards maybe get a drink or something like that you can't go wrong there
2: so was the ice broken did you seal the deal with a kiss at the end of the first date
6: i did not no i i i did not
2: but you didn't I get guess.
4: rejected for a kiss though did <laughs> you clearly you did yeah.
6: enough right you're you're together yeah. now I'll do, yeah I'm doing I'm doing just enough to get to to get by right now so well,
2: Proud congratulations of you, man Proud. Yeah.
4: Hey, the old college try
2: that's all we can ask
6: yeah right you know I'll, if you just show up that's half the battle
2: there you go mind over matter right there congratulations Nick she's a lucky woman to have you in her life and all your great NBA draft knowledge I'm sure she just asks you questions every time you hang out
6: right like what's she, going on in the draft she's so interested she like she knows so much about basketball I don't even know if she knows who the Mavericks are actually.
4: Oh my god. You gotta flex that NBA draft lottery muscle you got, Nick. I mean that's a that's a solid that's some definition in that muscle.
6: Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm trying. I'm trying to convince her that sports matter, but it's not going so well.
2: But we were just talking about if we even like the NBA draft lottery at all. What what are your opinions on the lottery?
6: It's pretty I don't know, it's I I think it's a cool idea. Like the idea of, you know, the suspense of ping pong balls and that anybody, you know, within a certain number could jump anybody Uh, it's a nice idea I just don't I don't know applying it to an actual league it seems sort of broken or at least kind of maybe it needs some refining I I don't have a solution for it but I don't love it but I like thinking about it it's like if you just presented that to me and I had no former knowledge of it like what if we gave like everyone had odds and like you might have like a one percent chance of the number one pick but you still might get it Uh, The excitement of that is pretty cool. I just don't know if it is the best way to really apply to a a professional sports league.
2: No, I completely agree. I'm not totally in love with it. And we were really hoping the Mavericks would find a way to luck into that top three. Instead, they're stuck in nine. And we've just played a clip, actually, of Cuban talking about how the Mavericks tried to tank and admitted to it on Dan Patrick. And if they had lost one stinking game, man, we'd have been sitting there at three. Is that right?
6: Well, I mean, their chances would have gone way up. Of course, we don't actually know because it's all luck. But
2: Or it's uh, rigged and preplanned, right?
6: Sometimes I believe that. I think so. But, I mean, they would have had a great shot at a top three pick. And, of course, you're bummed out that they won that, like, pointless game in Memphis. And and I, I get the crowd that says, you know, your young guys played. Like, Yogi played really well. And, and Dorian Finney-Smith played really well. And that's the reason they won that game. Yeah, like that's fine, but are those guys going to be on the floor like in big-time crucial end-of-the-game moments when, you know, you think you're in the, like, you know, potentially you're in the playoffs in the future? Probably not. Like they're going to be role players, and you need guys like that on your team. You need guys to fill your bench that can come in and give you solid minutes behind your starters. But I'm not really counting on Yogi Ferrell to lead me to the Western Conference Finals, and so that's why it's kind of frustrating.
2: Well, let's talk about a team that's in the Conference Finals, the Boston Celtics and they come away draft lottery winners with the number one overall pick. What do you think the Celtics do here at one? Is there a player that they can take that can make that impact and maybe push them over the hump in the East, or do they look to trade it?
6: I think they're going to take Markel Fultz, and I think they should take Markel Fultz. Now, it's interesting. Um, I think news came out today. I, I didn't read much on it, but I saw a tweet about that they're going to go hard after Gordon Hayward. Uh, I also saw some, you know, Paul George. You know, he's a name in the trade winds, so it'll be interesting to see if like he's there. But if I'm the Celtics, I'm taking Markel Fultz, and I then, I guess in turn, you know, they've got a, several guards that want to get paid. Isaiah Thomas being one of them. Uh, next year will be a contract year for him, so they'll have a decision to make in the offseason. Do they want to pay Isaiah Thomas, who will likely get. Max or close to Max money whether he you think he deserves it or not or do they stick with their uh, likely young point guard and Markel Fultz they take if I'm the Celtics I take Martel Fultz and I consider letting Isaiah Thomas walk away uh, remember Isaiah Thomas was in Sacramento and didn't do a whole lot uh, so maybe it's the Celtics system maybe it's Brad Stevens but if I'm the Celtics I take Markel Fultz because I think he is the clear best player in this class I think anyone that tells you, that they prefer Lonzo Ball is a little blinded. And I like Lonzo. I think he's a good player. But Markel Fultz is much more of a complete player. And if I'm the Celtics, that's who I'm taking.
4: Well, is is Lonzo Ball, would you have him as your second best player? Or where do you have Lonzo in your pecking order of the top guys?
6: Uh, maybe because I give him the pressure. He's my second best player. But I'm not very high on him uh, as compared to most people. Now, if you put him on the Lakers, I really like that fit. I think you move D'Angelo Russell to the two guard, and you put Lonzo as your point guard, and then you let Lonzo guard uh, the shooting guards on defense. And then, or, yeah, let Lonzo guard the shooting guards, and then let uh, Russell guard the point guards, or however you want to do it. They're both uh, pretty good-sized players. But I like Lonzo. I think he's a good player. However, the the era of a passing, a pass first, and assist point guard is kind of leaving the nba i mean ricky rubio has never really succeeded now ricky rubio can't make threes like lonzo can. like no matter how ugly Lonzo's shot is it still goes in and so he's able to make threes but in the nba i don't think it's going to work it, his release takes way too long to get up he's athletic enough and he's got good size i think he has potential to be a good defender but remember in the ncaa tournament De'Aaron fox who is probably my favorite point guard uh, in the class just personally who is lightning quick, just lit up Lonzo ball for 39 and Lonzo couldn't score against him. And so uh, that's a little bit concerning when it comes to translating his college game to the NBA. I think he could be a good player. And if you're a team that's going to run a whole lot and get up and down the floor, he's going to find open guys and he's going to find open shooters and he's going to make everyone around him better. But I think the first year might be a little bit tough, especially if he goes to a team that doesn't necessarily have a lot of scores around him. That's what made him so successful at UCLA. There were several shooters all around him. TJ Leaf, Thomas Welsh, Bryce Alford, just to name a few. Those guys could all shoot jumpers, whether from the three or just a two-point jumper. And so Lonzo was able to pick up big numbers that way. I'm just interested to see if it pans out in the NBA. All that to say I think I would take Lonzo with the number two pick, especially if I'm the Lakers. His dad wants him there, and maybe that's your best chance. I mean, I think you're going to always have to put up with the LeVar Ball circus, but maybe that's your best chance of at least honing it in and making good use of it in that massive market
4: that is L.A. Yeah, what do you make of his dad and, like, all just sort of the antics and the media circus that he's brought? And how much of an effect do you think that could have on Lonzo as a player and and really the teammates? Because you've seen his dad call out UCLA UCLA players. I mean, what if if his dad starts calling out Laker players, for example? I mean, I don't know how that's going to sit in the locker room. Yeah, that's
6: a good point. I – so I think – we have to separate Lonzo and Lavar because Lonzo has handled it much better than his dad. He's not a, a loudmouth kid. He's pretty shy and kind of quiet. Um, but his dad is the opposite, like you said. I, I I would hope that his dad figures out that the NBA is not college, and maybe you know once UCLA was out of the truck, he could say whatever he wanted because he knew his son wasn't going back, and he knew that he didn't have to deal with anything like that anymore. But in the NBA, it's just a different world, and so I would hope for his son's sake that he uh, he tones it down a little bit. And of course, I want him to, you know, if, if he wants to push his brand, that's great. There's a difference between that and being a loudmouth. But he he's been such a loudmouth, and I, I don't think it'll hurt Lonzo's game, but it could hurt just the perception that we all have of him. And I mean, so many people are already rooting against him just because of his dad, and and that's just unfair. So I hope he's able. to and, and maybe the Lakers are able to use it as a marketing ploy. I don't know. But, uh, I mean, I, I don't care for Lavar Ball. I think he's too much. But I, I can't fault him for wanting his kids to succeed. It'll just be interesting to see how the next couple months pan out up to the draft. And then, of course, once Lonzo gets picked by, we assume the Lakers.
2: I've almost become more of a Lonzo Ball fan with how he's handled everything that his dad's been doing. When you see the two of them together – or even interviewed separately, you've got Lavar who's so in your face and loudmouthed, as you said, and then Lonzo's just chilling, man, just cool, calm, and collected. It's really kind of me respect how composed he is about the whole situation. And I haven't – I think out of these – Markel Fultz you've mentioned is your top guy. I probably saw more of Lonzo play in college than I did Fultz. What really separates them? I know you watch a lot of these kids, and you know X's and O's – what their strengths and weaknesses are in their games. What makes Markel Foltz head and shoulders a better selection than Lonzo in your eyes?
6: I think he's just a more complete player. He's bigger. He's got a better NBA ready body. He can score anywhere. He can drive the lane. He can hit mid-range floaters through contact. He can shoot the three. Neither of them play great defense and maybe Markel was just lazy in college and that's why he didn't play great defense, which, I mean, isn't a good sign. There's a good chance – the team that well unless he goes to the Celtics but if he goes somewhere else or if the Celtics lose a lot they might not be very good and he wasn't on a very good team in college so you'd like to think that he could perform defensively no matter what team he's on but Markell's is just a more complete player now Lonzo I think will make players around him better and is a better distributor however in the NBA this is the trend of today's NBA you need a scoring point guard you need a guy that can bring the ball down the floor and then a big-game situation, go get you a bucket. And I think Markel Fultz could step into the league and do that tomorrow if he needed to. And For me, he's just the complete package, and Lonzo is more of a specialist, if that makes any sense.
4: Well, Nick, what do you say to people who, when, when talking about Fultz, they mention that he only won nine games this year, and most of those games, when you look at it, they're against a bunch of slap teams, a bunch of northern Arizonas in there and whatnot. What do you say to, to people who, who knock Fultz for that?
6: I, I understand looking from the outside and and thinking that th- that should be a negative because basketball, unlike any other sport, most of the time, if you have one guy, you know that should account, especially in college, to get you to the NCAA tournament. Exactly. Uh, uh, but in the past few years, you know Ben Simmons, that LSU was horrible. Uh, Washington won nine games. But the team around L. Fultz was very awful. Uh, they were not good. He didn't have anyone around him. His coach has a track record of that. He he or I guess Washington's former coach now, Lorenzo Romar would get good players, but he never does anything with them. I mean, he just never has. And and so I think he deserves some of the blame. But more than anything, I just think the players around Fultz they did every they they did everything they could to make him fail almost. They just didn't help him out much. Not saying they did it on purpose, but there just wasn't much help. And, and teams knew if they could stop Fultz, they could they could win the game, and I think
2: that's what happened. So my limited education on the draft talent in this year's class, I've heard it's nine deep. Is that correct, player-wise?
6: Uh, I would probably nine or ten, yeah. Okay. Like
2: that. Is there a wild-card player that might throw a corkscrew in all this and maybe force faults or ball down a little bit, and some team like Boston or LA or the Sixers are looking at him and saying, hey, we kind of like this kid a little bit better. I mean, how, how far apart – Is this level of player tier?
6: That's a good question. Um, I think the only one that might is Jason Tatum from Duke. I don't think that it will happen, but it might happen, uh, get taken in the top two. And and if that's the case, then Fultz or Ball or whoever will get pushed down a little bit. Uh, I just really don't think there's any chance of either one of them going more than one or two. Now, I will say this the number three pick is really interesting because the the Sixers need a shooting guard. They need a guy that can shoot. And Malik Monk is that guy, but number three is a pretty high to take him. And so if they take Malik Monk, then that pushes down Josh Jackson, who we would assume would go to the Phoenix Suns. I think he'd be great with Devin Booker uh, cutting to the basket and just playing his freak athletic 100 miles an hour style of play, which then pushes down Jason Tatum. I think he falls to the magic. Deer and Fox would probably go to the, the Kings. Um, it would just push everyone down a little bit. But basically the more chaos that would happen, I think would only benefit Dallas uh, because at the nine pick, I, I, they won't have much of a, 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 a choice at point guard. They'll have a couple, but um, there'll be more, more secondary options rather than uh, the top two or three guys. It'll be the, the, Maybe the three through five guys, or however they have them ranked. But if there's chaos at the top, that's only good for the Mavericks. So I guess we can have our fingers crossed.
2: Well, I'm so pleased that you brought the Mavericks up because obviously we're in the DFW market. We're Maverick fans. Who are you eye in there at nine for Dallas?
6: I uh, so this is what we'll have to watch. The Knicks also need a point guard at number eight. Uh, at that point, we'll assume that the last the two point guards left, at least first round talent point guards are or lottery talent, I should say, are Dennis Smith Jr., the point guard from NC State, and Frank Nielakina, the kid out of France. Uh, What I hope happens is that the Knicks take Nielakina at eight because they think he's a better fit in that uh, Phil Jackson triangle-style offense. And then that drops Dennis Smith Jr. to the Mavericks, and they're able to take him at nine. I'd be really happy with that. I really like him. Now, now he's not going to... Play a lot of defense he's not a, he doesn't have great size but he's explosive and I think he could be and he has potential to be an elite scorer at the NBA level and go-to scoring is, is the most important thing when looking at when, when looking at what you need in the draft at least in my opinion the Mavericks didn't really have that I mean Harrison Barnes at times but could he really take over a game with just his athleticism not really so I'm hoping for Dennis Smith um I think the backup plan is Neil Aquina. and if for some crazy reason they're both off the board, then um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see who they might take there. Maybe a Lori Markkinen uh, out of Arizona, something like that.
4: All right um, one one last question for you. you know I'm a heat fan Nick. We're picking fourteen. We need either a power forward or someone who can just really shoot the three ball or a combination of both. Do we have is there anybody there that we could get that could be a decent player for us at fourteen?
6: Maybe, maybe Laurie Markkinen, uh, the, the power forward out of Arizona. He can shoot the three extremely well. He's seven feet tall. He shot over 40% in college. I think that would be your, your dream if you're a Heat fan, if he fell all the way to 14. He doesn't rebound that well. He's not that long. He doesn't play that great of defense. But, man, if you put him in an NBA offense tomorrow and gave him NBA spacing and ran the pick-and-roll through him or pick-and-pop through him, he's gonna hit that jumper every time and he's got a quick release a great shooter and he's got a little bit of size I would hope that he could learn to rebound better kind of like dirk did as he you know got adjusted to the NBA game you know Dirk was never the biggest guy and he was never the most physical now the soft narrative that dirk was given was I think very overrated but Dirk learned to play with the with the body he's given basically and you know he's going to be one of the greatest of all time, and so I think if you're the Heat, you hope for Lori Markkinen, and you plug him in right away to get you 10 to 12 points a game, and then you uh, teach him the rest of the way. But if if Markkinen is there at 14, I'm ex- I'm happy if I'm a Heat fan.
4: All right, now I'm happy. You nope. got me going. I'm chubbing for this guy. Oh, you
2: got Eric chubbing now.
6: I don't know. What does that mean?
2: Oh, please. <laughs> uh, Nick Naffic on the No Split Seats podcast, Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chiafalo, and Zach Babb. Final question for you. Let you roll, Nick, because I know you got to go. You've watched a lot of these players. Who's the guy that you've fallen in love with? Do you have a favorite?
6: Uh, Probably, man, that's a tough question. I really like Jonathan Isaac out of Florida State, but uh, the, the guy that I really love, and I, I don't know how good of an NBA player he's going to be uh, because I don't know how well he'll shoot, but I love De'Aaron Fox. Uh, he's so fast, and he's so fun to watch. If he can develop just an okay jump shot, then I think he could be the best player out of this class, but that's a big if. But I re- no matter no matter what happens, I really love watching De'Aaron Fox play, and I hope he succeeds at the NBA level.
4: D. Fox, he's a foxy guy. So are you, Nick. I appreciate it. No
2: Thank matter wh- you, buddy. No matter what
4: Walchick says, I think you're a foxy oh, guy. Oh, come
2: on. I sing your praises up and down the world, baby.
6: He really does.
2: I really do. All right, well, we're going to kiss you on the way out of here, Nick.
6: That's fine. Whatever y'all want
2: to do. Later, buddy. Smooches, I'll see you tomorrow.
6: Have a good one, guys.
2: Take care. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Man, that was beautiful. Yeah, that was a lot of uh, awesome insight there.
4: NBA Lotto Talk, baby. You heard it here first, Mr. Nick Nepich. Woo. Thank you. Thank you, Nick, for ne-pick. coming on. Nepic. Oh, Nepic. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: With a hard K. A k-, 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 like, k-, k-, k- like cuckold.
4: Okay, like cuckold. <laughs> the hard K, like cuckold. Beautiful. <laughs> Okay, I was putting the cha on there. Yeah, you were putting the cha. I was, putting, I was doing the that cha. Hard C-H, yeah. Cha. Okay, bro. well, my you know, my last name. Chiafalo, chi, I got chi. Chi. Okay, chi but it's Chuck. Chuck Nepic. Nepik. Nepik. I won't I won't mess it up again. Now you're good. You're Gucci, man. Can't believe I kissed him out of here. I didn't even know his last
2: name. I know. Such a dirty boy. He was too in love at the moment. It was interesting. Well, that was a lot of fun though. Yeah, I was I thought his, his LeVar ball and Lonzo ball comments were really intriguing to me because While he was talking about that and making those comments about, you know, yeah, LaVar and the Lakers probably are a good fit for him. That makes sense to me. I really was kind of sitting back and thinking, you know, when you put the two together, it just to me makes Lonzo look better for whatever reason. I'm just like, man, this dude is a cool cat. His dad's putting all this pressure on him. And he's just like, whatever, I've been doing this my whole life. This is my dad. It is what it is. I'm just going to go out there and do me. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. I mean, it, it is a little bit
4: frustrating. I've heard him in interviews with his dad. It's him and his dad, and he just doesn't really do much of any talking, much in the way of talking at all. So it, it is a little bit annoying that way. I'd kind of like to hear him just speak instead of just his dad speaking for him all the time like he's 12. But his dad is also super funny and amazing, and I love him. You're a big LeVar Ball fan. Well, ju- just because he's hilarious. I mean, it's this is just – I mean, are you kidding me? This is just complete – Ridiculousness thrown in the conservative sports world, and everybody's going nuts, and it's a lot of fun. So, are you gonna buy? Are you gonna go buy? No, that's because I can't afford it. Yeah, and when I first heard $4.95, I was like, Oh, $4.95, I got it. I'm gonna go buy, I'm gonna go, uh, maybe I'll buy two of them. I'll splurge. Do you think that this could be a successful brand? Uh, mm. Listen, it'll be as successful as Lonzo is as a player. How about that? I think that's a fair answer. And what he about ends the brothers,
2: up, though? Because it's like three Bs, right? Big ball. That's
4: true. I mean, he's given himself, I mean, the dad's smart in that. He's given himself three chances. I mean, he's got three strikes, so if Lonzo strikes out, he's got two more. And supposedly the third, the younger one, who's still like in high school, is supposedly pretty dirty, pretty nasty. He's, he's a nasty boy? Oh, he's nasty. He doesn't take showers. No, no, no. He doesn't shower. No a baths lot of either. No baths. No, he no, doesn't believe in soap. No. Where's so the soap?
2: You drop it. He never does. You like Shark Tank? Uh um, now we're talking about swimming around in the waters? Oh
4: yeah. I mean, like a live Shark Tank with actual sharks or like Shark Tank, the TV show. Cubes is on it. Oh yes, of course I do. Yes. I'm 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 has did Ball go on there or something? No, Ball didn't, did he but while pitch I was it the Shark Tank. It, to uh, baller he, brand? He,
2: Dan Patrick kinda did. He was like when he was talking to Cuban and I was listening for the audio of him talking about the Mavericks and the draft lottery. Patrick actually asked him, like, how does he think or how would the Shark Tank receive La- LeVar Ball if you were going to go in there and pitch the big, bra- big baller brand? And I was interested to see what Cuban would say. So uh, let's see, which guy, which, I think it's three.
5: And He'd be confident. We always support entrepreneurs. He'd have a high-end product with lots of margin, but then we'd ask him about his sales. You know, it's all great to talk, but what are you selling? And if you're getting any traction we'd probably be interested. It's all about the sales. I mean, that's
4: the big question, and that's what's so funny about all this is because anytime Ball goes and sits down and talks to anybody in an interview, they obviously ask him that question at some point, and he doesn't have, his response is just that it's doing well. You know, he doesn't give any sort of hard numbers, and so that's the thing. That's the truth. I mean, that's the truth serum right there. I mean, what are the sales? Whoever knows the sales right now knows exactly how well, obviously, they're doing, and Shark Tank would ask that question. He'd have, honestly, let's make this happen. Why can't Cuban make this happen? Get Ball on there. Make him eat. He's got to answer the question.
5: Can't just sidestep that. Let's say answers the
2: question. They don't like it. What does Cuban say about advising LeVar Ball moving forward? This will be cut forward.
5: I mean, I don't know enough about their business. You know, $495 tennis shoe. If they're selling them, I'd say (laughs) keep on doing what you're doing. And, you know, if they're not selling them, I'd say you might want to take a second look at what you're doing. $495
4: for a tennis shoe. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like. Even though I mean there's all those people that just because they can't afford it they're just it's going to be just like they just want to flex on the gram. I get it. I get it. Throw a filter on there, probably make the shoe look even better. But uh I mean it's not most of I mean you're you're catering to a like a very small percentage of
2: America and the world really. He's got to cut that in half, I think if he wants to sell any of them. Listen, here's the Do truth. You have a
0: shoe that's worth nearly two iPhones. It's
2: ridiculous.
7: You get a how many
0: shoes man could you get for that? Common man is not going to buy that. No, no it's a base
4: that's $15. But that's the point though. <laughs> he's yeah. not he's not going, he's not even no. trying to get to the common man. He doesn't care about the common man. He cares about the big ballers. So he leaves you and me at home for now.
5: But I'll tell you what. As soon as are I get a five hundred dollars check, we're not
4: big ballers. Well, just in terms of financially, I mean, we're, um, we're nosebleed Cedars, baby. We get the we scalp tickets. Okay, I scalp shoes. That's true. I haven't bought shoes in years. I just I just bum them off of people.
2: You're right. Goodwill. Heck, I've been wearing these for a year. My God, nice, baby. I get the what are those? People
4: point at me all all the time. They're New Balance. Don't freaking look at me the wrong way. Except for when I'm wearing my Star
2: Wars Crocs. Um, ladies love the Star Wars the Crocs. Love me. Dude, Crocs. I never owned a pair of Crocs. Are they comfy? Yes. So <laughs> <Are laughs> you you kidding kidding they I phenomenal. just thought they always looked weird.
4: No, they look goofy until you throw freaking a Star Wars guy on here. And then everything looks I got Boba Fett on my feet. Are you kidding me? I'm I don't faster know. in these. I'm definitely faster in these. And it and it's it's <laughs> the, I mean, the the facts
2: are I'm sexier in them too. That's so true, true. You know who's really sexy? The Rock. No. Efron. Kristen Leahy. Ooh, who's Kristen that? Kristen Leahy is so fine. She is on the Colin Cowherd Show. Yes, she is. Also very talented. I'm a big fan of Kristen Leahy's American works, Ninja Warrior Absolutely stuff like that. gorgeous. Yeah, she's beautiful. And her and Lavar got into it a little bit yesterday. Ah, yes. Let's hear a little bit of LeVar Ball going back and forth with Kristen Leahy. And it gets a little ugly.
7: Have you sold any shoes yet? Yeah, I've sold a, a good amount to me. Like I said, there's different amounts. So like How twelve. Many? Stay in your lane. Anyway, like right Here I don't is. even worry about her he over just, there. Oh, did he
2: just hit her with the stay in your stay lane? Stay in your lane. I don't even care about her over there. The okay, I'm gonna
4: translate. Let me translate it. He said, Christine, get your ass in the kitchen, girl.
2: Yeah, essentially.
4: Like a total jerk. I mean, it's not right. I'm not saying it's right, but it's kind of funny. And he's a jerk. Oh, I know. But mean, it's still funny. Yeah, it's just so, he's a jerk.
7: Wow, man! But hey, just no, no hesitation, hilarious. no hesitation. Oh stay God. in your lane.
4: Okay, so he tells her to stay in her lane,
7: and what happens? Like I said, there's different amounts. How many? Stay in your lane. Wait, Anyways, I'm, I'm just curious. I don't even worry about her over there. Why Every time not? she scares me to kind death. Of She says she scares Lonzo. Lonzo scared of me. She scares I me. That's I'm why I don't look that Lonzo? way. I don't look over there cause she scares me. Well, I'm thinking no, I, of saw right now. I'm just trying I'm leave I'm, me alone. Uh, uh, I'll tell you four five oh. hundred pair so she's a reporter. Her job is to she pray. can report to whoever she wants behind her what I'm talking I, what is, to you Colin
8: well what's your what is your problem with me?
7: Hey my problem is you are a hater. I, I would never it? wear a big baller shirt. Well, wow, hey, I don't it. even that. talk to big but I heard you say it. I'm not even wearing. I, I
8: said that I wouldn't wear something that it as says a woman. big baller.
7: It's the same thing. Yeah, with all I, due respect, I, you're a great reporter, just not reporting on me.
8: I have a right to say what you shirt I would right? and wouldn't wear.
7: Uh oh! Welcome to big baller zone. Well, In no, I think
8: I, I, said said I actually was, was saying offensive. Offensive. it as like a point. No, 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 no. Oh, you telling me now? I didn't say it was offensive. Yeah. I just said, you know, if you want to, you know, work with Nike, Adidas, and Under Armour to maybe have something that appeals to women.
0: Oh, I thought that man. was a legit, I mean, I don't have to okay. agree, but She's I thought fine. that was a pretty good point. I don't agree point.
7: with her. I don't agree But I thought her. it was a good point. No, I, I'm it's actually a good point saying it like, a point friends. of advice. I'm not friends with her. I don't, I, don't, I don't even see that. I don't even see it.
8: I, I wasn't saying it as, like, I, I would never wear this. What's this show about I'm again? Aren't
7: we talking about shoes? I don't want to talk about all that. Next. Well,
8: well I, I think if, in order to have a successful company, you're going to have to have women who
5: like your brand uh,
7: yeah if you have a woman's company but anyways oh so we're you're talking not about, marketing we're women. talking about big baller brand okay you know what he don't need no credibility to say i'm a gangster and i do this and i do it no alonzo's a ball player he is who he okay. is okay and like i said and go-
2: i i don't know if that continues anymore but holy crap i just listening back to that again it's like whoa dude this is 2017 you've got to be like i understand Part of LeVar Ball's shtick is unfiltered. I don't care. Take it or leave it. This is me. Yeah, but this is the hard, I mean, but to, dude, to he cross like,
4: into this he area there. a little much.
2: Kristen Leahy a little bit stay there. Stay in your lane. <laughs> yeah, stay in your that. lane. I'll tell you what, dude, and I'll tell you, look. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Kristen Leahy did seem like she was trying to poke the bear a little bit. I think she, going into that, leading into it, it seemed like maybe there was a little animosity. If you watch the video. Stay in your lane. Kristen Leahy's getting pretty red. Like, she's she's getting fired up. The blood is boiling. Do you feel
4: like she stayed composed though,
2: throughout it oh, all? Oh, she was pretty composed. Yeah, she made some good points. I think she backed up her side of things pretty well. And then you even had Colin come in there to try and even things out. And LaVar's like, no, it's because y'all are friends.
4: Well, I just think it's funny. You even hear Colin in the background, like, laughing and, like, chuckling whenever he's, like, just calling her out hard. Because
2: it's so entertaining. No,
4: it is incredibly entertaining. But did he say somewhere in the middle of there, did he say, like, four or five hundred pairs? Yeah, he
2: said four or five hundred pairs, yeah.
4: So, but, yeah, four, four five hundred? And what does that mean? Like, that was he saying how many? that's how many pairs, he sold?
2: That's how many they have sold.
4: Oh, okay. Okay, so that's the number
2: then. That's the number. Okay, so it's not doing well. It's not doing okay, well. Okay, so the Big Baller brand is not doing well. And Kristen Leahy, to me, is trying to say, look, get some stuff for women. It's only going to help you. And he's like, that ain't what Big Baller's all about. Yeah, oh, we, we're trying to sell shoes. Well, here. I mean, isn't
4: there a lot of companies that are just for women, a lot of companies that are just for yeah, men? Doesn't I, mean, matter. I mean, I mean, I guess it's it is what it is, it's, but you it's could stupid obviously to shut
2: that down. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there were some other stuff because I'm not a huge listener or viewer of Colin Cowherd's show. And it seemed like there were some prior things that Christian Leahy had said regarding Lonzo or LeVar that made LeVar kind of have maybe an anti-attitude towards her. Oh, okay. I so don't there know. There could have been some previous things between them I think there was some previous stuff between this. that that maybe we're not aware of. Gotcha. Like, not that they on air together, but just apart. Somewhere, yeah. Comments that maybe Colin Cowherd and Christian Leahy were talking about. Because you heard her say something like, no, I never said that. I never said it was offensive. And then she justified and made her point of what she was trying to go for, which I thought made a lot of sense. And she did a good job of holding her own. But then you had LeVar on the other side who— <coughs> whoa excuse me whoa there you're getting I sick coughed. I, I can feel it coming through the wow i guess i am contagious the doctor was right
7: get out eric stay in your lane
1: stay over there <laughs> bubble boy this crap
4: man uh, all i can say is this is the kind of things that you can you can imagine and well just going back real quick do i think the baller brand is going to work again if Alonzo ball's great or one of these sons end up being great then yes the brand is going to end up going as they go with their careers don't so, go pissing
2: off the women though bro but,
4: yeah, I get that. But still, I mean, four five hundred pair, that's not very good. So right now they're it's that's not, not well. very good. If that's what the numbers are, it's not great. Did you but, think it was gonna do well? Um, you $500? know, not really. Not really. Four four ninety five I no. didn't think was really gonna do well. And I think it all still depends on how the how the guy ends up being. If he ends up sucking, no one's gonna want it. If he ends up being phenomenal, people are gonna want it. So we just gotta let it play out. But how much Four ninety five is ridiculous. The shirts are like, I, there's nothing on there that I think that's cheaper than like $50. Jesus. And that's just t-shirts. They got hats. They got all sorts of stuff. So, I mean, it's an expensive thing. But listen, they're called Big Baller. That's that's their brand and that's who they're marketing to. So, there's only a select amount of people that can do it. That's why you got to up the prices because only get, oh, so many people are going to buy them, at least they're buying it at a lot of money per item, you know? So, but it's, it all depends on 500 shoes
0: at almost 500 bucks is about $250,000,
4: $250,000. Yeah. But I mean, how much does it take? To yeah. I produce? just, yeah. I don't know. Uh, all yeah, the ins and outs What's of your everything. overhead? Yeah. So who knows what that totals out to, um, how much he's actually getting from that, but that that's what it's going to be. But the bigger question for me is what happens when Lonzo gets on a team and his dad starts mouthing off about how crappy the team is or how crappy the coach is, or if, if it does, I'm not saying it will, I don't know. But history says. I mean, he's kind of called out oh, yeah. a high school coach. He's kind of called out a, a college coach, or, or and and players. So who knows if he's going to do that? NBA I mean, he players. He said
0: he'd take on. He beat Michael Jordan one on one. He's not yeah. afraid to put anyone on blast. No, but I,
4: and I love that though. And see, that's what I love. And that's why it's funny because we get this. I mean, now I mean, this, this is ridiculous. This is amazing.
2: Oh, it's entertaining.
4: So I mean, I hope he keeps doing it. I hope it's. I hope Lonzo's. I, that's why I hope Lonzo's a good player because it'll it'll boost up the, the just the funniness because
2: he's he's a funny dude. I do agree with Nick. I think the Lakers probably are a good place for him to go because I think LeVar respects and wants him to play for the Lakers, and he probably respects Magic Johnson as well. Maybe Magic can kind of keep keep him in his lane a little bit, so to speak, and let Alonzo transition smooth. But you're right. I mean, I think that's a valid point. LeVar Ball's the kind of guy, if he's got something that he wants to say, he's going to say it. And it wouldn't surprise me one bit if he's all of a sudden saying, Luke Walton ain't playing my boy the way he should be playing. Mm-mm. Yeah, and there's trouble in paradise real quick. It'll be interesting to see what the Celtics do, though. In the conference finals now, they're, they're a weirdly well-coached team.
4: But you can just see how far—I mean, did you see what happened last night, dude? Yeah. the Game one the of the thing. Eastern Conference Finals. They're so—as close as they are, they're still so far away yeah, from being a championship so team. LeBron is just— dominating that and there's no it doesn't seem like he's slowing down
2: no and as long as lebron's around let's say they have a number one pick and they find a way to sign gordon hayward i still don't think boston's beating cleveland
4: you mean with with, with those LeBron. Guys. yeah with lebron as long
2: as lebron is playing i don't think anybody in the east is beating him yeah, I mean that that's a
4: that's a good point. I mean they're going to have to do some ridiculous stuff. They'd have to get a Paul George, a Jimmy Butler, a Gordon Hayward,
2: somebody, and more. They would I mean, have they to get need, two out of those t- three plus keep this number one pick. I think to have a chance. Well, just,
0: yeah, just in the series. I mean the Celtics are the number one seed. They won they won the East, but it doesn't feel like that at all. No. It feels like the Cavs are the one seed. Cavs by a just mile. had a
2: week off. They're probably you'd think oh they're a little rusty. They come into Boston who just played two nights ago at home Eastern Conference Finals. You should be fired up. And Kenny the Jet Smith said on Inside the NBA, it's tough to transition from game seven to a game one, unless it's. And Shaq even said, yeah, it is, unless it's the finals, the NBA finals, because then you're just naturally pumped up. But you go from New Year's Eve, is the, I guess, analogy that the Jet Smith made. He's like, all right, so it's New Year's Eve. Two nights later, it's New Year's Eve again. And I just don't have that same like I'm still tired from two nights ago. I'm not ready to party like that again.
4: No question. Um, mentally, emotionally, physically, they just got out of a physical series before that uh leading into this game. So, I mean, yeah, I can I did not expect the Celtics to show up in any way, but it sucks cuz they work all this the whole season for home court advantage. Everyone's talking about, "Oh my god, LeBron lost home court advantage. Oh my god." Well, in 48 minutes last night, he got home court advantage back cuz he just stole game 1 That's so, true. so easily. And all seasons everybody's freaking out. 48 minutes in Boston, and LeBron says, all right, home court advantage is mine now. So
2: sad. I don't get how anyone can watch the NBA and watch LeBron and try and say he's not the king. All right, listen to this. Since dating back to
4: last finals, whenever they ended up coming back and beating the Warriors, the Cavaliers did, and Draymond Green called LeBron a bitch, and LeBron kind of, well, was a little bit of a bitch and snitched on him and told everybody that Draymond called him a bitch. Well, ever since then, stitches. Ever since then, all those all those finals games and then going into these playoffs, all the playoff games LeBron has played since he was called a bitch by Draymond, this is his stat. 41 16 7, 41 8 11, 27 11 11, 36 6 13, 25 10 7, 41 13 12, 33 10 4, 35 10 4, 39 6 4, 35 8 and 7, 35 9 and 6, 38 9 and 7. 12 wins, zero losses. Those are the last 12 playoff games and finals games that LeBron has played in. He hasn't
0: had less than 20 points at all, and he's had less than 30 just twice.
2: And he plays the whole freaking game, and afterwards, he looks like he just took a jog around the park. No,
4: he's just, he's so fresh, he could just play another game. It's like nothing even happened, and the Celtics are like dying
2: on the floor in the locker room. It's, it's ridiculous. It's mind-blowing, and I think people are just complacent and used to it. It's like you expect this from LeBron, and in your mind, it's not as great as it really is. People need to take a step back and realize, holy crap, what we are watching right now is basketball excellence. The glory and the greatest—I mean, aside from Michael Jordan— LeBron is on a level of his own, dude.
4: Yeah, and it, it doesn't it seems like he's playing better almost than he ever has and it's yeah. crazy to even think that. I mean, you he have is. no he's been to six right straight
0: now. finals and he's still getting better. And, and you, all
2: of that has come together right now, I think. You know, when you compare he's older now, sure. Maybe he's not as spry as he was 10 years ago, but when you add the mental aspect and just the understanding of what it takes, yeah. I oh mean, man, that means so much more. Yeah,
4: I mean, just do it. Do anything, gain experience in anything for that long, and at least on the mental side of things, you are going to be better. You are going to be more efficient. You are going to be sharper. So, and that's what he is. And he still he takes care of him physically. Takes care of himself physically at such a high level. And he's just such a physical freak that when you combine both of those, it's like he he gets better because his his mind gets better and his body has not d- deteriorated at this point. And it doesn't seem to be slowing down at all. You have DeMar DeRozan saying, I'll give somebody $100 if you can give me something. Brad Stevens last night is at the podium. He's like, listen, he's better. I came to the league a few years ago. He's better now than he was then. What's happening? Everybody's like, what's going on? I don't know. He's a freak. Here's, here's he's a freak an, show.
0: Here's an interesting question, if you will, that I heard earlier today. Because Golden State's still undefeated right now in the playoffs as well. They're yet to lose. If Golden State remains undefeated, makes it to the finals... Cavs obviously end up there as well, and the Cavs just run the Warriors out of the building. Does the box open on serious questioning of whether who's the greatest of all time, LeBron Absolutely. or Michael Jordan? I mean,
4: it already is getting that way. and yeah, if, if, if Because the Cavs, if they
0: just mow down the Warriors, well, even if, who
4: are still undefeated. Even if they don't mow them down, even if they just win and LeBron is is playing like he is playing, yeah, I mean, it's going to be ridiculous. But you can also flip that. What if the Warriors go through and just nail LeBron? Then we're talking about go. the Warriors being uh, one of the greatest. I mean, teams. then they're on yeah, just overall I mean, teams, overall teams in the oh, last for sure. I mean, yeah. of all
2: time, uh, my answer to that question would be no. I'm just I've had a hard stance on. I don't think there's anything LeBron can do to surpass Michael Jordan.
4: Wow, that's very close-minded of you, Walter. Uh, I mean, because I'm with you on. the I don't whole, think it is, dude. Six it's incredibly closed minded in
2: finals. It's,
4: there's nothing he can to do. To me, it's nothing. like you can there's do nothing anything. he can nothing. do.
2: No, and if you're number two behind Michael Jordan, I think that's he's got a ways to go to surpass some other players out there. There's people that will make arguments that Kobe's better than LeBron right now. He's playing on on a ridiculous level, and I think that that would definitely add to the conversation if that were to happen. If they sweep Golden State, that's an unbelievable accomplishment, and we can definitely have a conversation. But just from my point of view, it's going to be very hard at the end of the day to say anybody is better than Michael Jordan.
4: I can understand where you're coming from on the not, Michael Jordan and, thing, and but, and but, but, to say, but to say that there's nothing LeBron can do is a bit ridiculous, because I think there is something he could do. I mean, geez, if he ends up, and we look back five years from now, and he went to 11 straight finals and won five of them, six of them. Okay, if he goes to I 11 mean, straight finals, God. he sets the record. So that's what it's going to take. That's, so that's, what that's what it's going to take. It's because he, he's got, what,
2: three or four finals losses? Yeah, so, so that's what you're just killing him for, and I get it. I totally and get I'm it. And I'm not trying to kill him for it. It's just because of what Michael Jordan did. You know what I'm saying? No, I totally understand. It's, it's just a, a different—I don't know. It's tough because talent-wise, I would love to see a, an in-your-prime LeBron take on a, an in-your-prime Jordan. You know, mm-hmm. I think that would be a one-on-one battle for the ages, and LeBron can do some things that MJ couldn't physically, but in terms of just the, that stone-cold killer— Yes, that's that. Jordan's got that over everyone. Oh, for sure. That killer killer instinct, that
4: killer edge, yes. I mean, it's unlike any other, no doubt. And he will always have LeBron in that category. So, and and if that's what you're looking for, you want that guy, that killer instinct guy, that clutch guy, that's totally fine. But you're going to get the bad, not necessarily a great teammate, this, this, and that. The other thing that I have in favor of Michael Jordan that people don't always really talk about is just the different eras of, man, it was so much harder to score back in the 90s and 80s when when guys could just elbow you in the jaw, throw you to the ground. You know, they, they could play much more physical defense. So having to go up against as an offensive player and go score 30-some points in the 80s and 90s is much more difficult to do now in the NBA where defense is so difficult. I mean, you're, you're getting calls for fouled left and right. So LeBron's got it easier in that sense. But I mean, you're splitting hairs, obviously. But LeBron is just... I mean, we we just saw a stat line. The guy is unbelievable, and the only the only knock you can say about him is that he might be the second best player of all time instead of the the, the best.
2: Yeah, I'm with That's you. That's it. I'm totally with you. And I hate that because it's like when you're when you get into that debate, you pick a side. So then it's like automatically you're like, okay, now I'm not. I I don't like LeBron because I'm saying Jordan's better. It's not that at all. You hate LeBron. LeBron James is the best player I've ever seen.
4: I can't believe you hate LeBron in my
2: conscientious prime of life here, right? Because Jordan. I was young when Jordan was going through his crazy. Like, Space Jam for me was Michael Jordan. That's when I first was like, oh, yeah. How can you hate LeBron, man? I don't know, dude. Dear God, Walchuk. It's weird. hey, hey I Stay mean, in your lane. Seriously. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. Damn Bar- it, LeVar. LeVar. I thought you had my back,
7: bro. Stay in your lane.
2: No Split Seats podcast. Zach Walchuk. Eric Chiafalo. Producer, Bab, Talking NBA. We're going to take a quick little break here to hear from our sponsor oh bob good old robert from the diamond broker robert hello i'm robert of the diamond broker over the past 30 years many jewelry stores have come and gone but we are still here we were one of the first companies to offer diamonds from the cutters directly to the public we are dallas's original diamond broker with an a plus rating at the better business bureau and thousands of satisfied customers Located on the northeast corner of Preston and Forest, the Diamond Broker has been the go-to source for loose diamonds, engagement rings, bracelets, pendants, and diamond studs. I guarantee that you will not find a better company than the Diamond Broker to buy from.
5: Want proof? Come see our walls filled with pictures of our satisfied customers. Ask around. Someone you know has done business with us. This holiday, visit the Diamond
7: Broker for an engagement ring, pre-owned Rolex, or a special diamond gift for your loved one. The Diamond Broker, Dallas' original Diamond Broker, located on the northeast corner of Preston and Forest in Dallas, or on the web at diamondbrokerdallas.com.
2: Welcome back to No Split Seats Podcast. Zach Wolchuk alongside Eric Chiafalo and producer Bab. Thank you very much, Robert. Go check out the Diamond Broker. You heard it there. It is wedding season, baby. Thanks, Bob. Go get yourself uh, engaged, Nick. Hey, you never know. Oh yeah,
4: we should have told Nick to you go never see know. Uh, Bob at the diamond store. Get himself a little if he's if he's feeling. I mean, he's only been dating the girl for a couple weeks. That's now. true.
2: Let's not rush. Let's things. not I rush. Probably, it as either. soon as I said that, I, I was I felt like I've verbal diarrhea. Reel it back yeah. in, Waltic. Jeez, you gotta slurp it back. Yeah, out. walk that back. Swallow that down. All right, guys, what do you say we transition and get a little weird? Yeah, let's just get vaped out right now.
6: I'm looking to get
7: weird. That's weird, man.
0: Shit. Time to get weird with Walchuk, baby. Let's get weird. Let's get
7: weird. Let's get weird. Let's, Let's get, get weird. weird.
4: Oh,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. All right, guys. Oh, my
4: gosh, Walchuk. I'm really, really, really feeling this right now, dude. And gals. My, right. my, my palms are sweating a little bit.
2: Good. I like it sweating. My knees are a little bit weak. This week's edition of Let's Get Weird with Walchuk... Ironically, it has to do with a date to go and see Guardians of the Galaxy volume dose. Oh, really? But it's not only that. A man is suing this woman that he took on a first date from hell.
4: Clearly, he took her to the movies on a first date. Nick just told us. He gave us the advice. First date, you don't take a girl to the movies, man. You got to talk with her. You got to interact. You got to have dinner. You got to have a drink. Maybe some ice cream. See, here's my strategy, though.
2: I'm fine with a movie why so you don't have to communicate you no, just want to no sit next to him because then in my opinion it's like look if you're ever worried about not having something to talk about you go see the movie afterwards you go out to dinner or get some drinks and at least you can talk about the movie if you don't have enough to talk about on a first date that's sign number one
4: that there shouldn't be a second date if i've never met you before and we can't figure out things to talk about because i know nothing about you and you know nothing about me I mean, that's when questions got... I mean, you got to be locked and loaded with questions, man. I mean, that's what a date is. You don't go sit next to someone. All you know at that point is that she smells good. Because you just sat next to her. That's it. You didn't get to know what's inside.
2: Come on. I guess so. Either way. So what is this guy doing? He's taking her out on a date. He's pissed off right now. Because he's suing her for the price of the movie ticket. $100. So this... Jesus. Quote, unquote, this is one of my biggest pet peeves, His 37-year-old 37. Should have had a red box. Man. 37-year-old Brandon Vesmar. Why well, do I don't feel like he's been unsuccessful before. Yeah, well, he's 37. How old is this guy, he's 37? 37. <laughs>
4: Listen, if you're 37, still going on first dates to the movie theater to see Guardians of the Galaxy hey, 2? Hey, hey,
2: you bite your tongue. You are a schmuck. There's nothing wrong with going on a, gate to, a date to see <laughs> a gate. Guardians of the Galaxy. You go on Mallard gates too. all the time, big I'm a boy. gator for life.
4: All right, so he's 37. Did he meet her on Tinder? Tell me this 37-year-old <sighs> met this girl on Tinder.
2: Look, I don't know. He's a lem- loser. Can I, get, can I get through the damn story, I please? Guess. After filing a claim for $17.31 <laughs> with the Travis County Small Claims Court, and guess where? Wait,
4: this is Austin?
2: Austin, Travis Texas. Travis County? Austin, freaking Texas, God baby. Dang, this Is an, this is a Texan doing this? Keep Austin weird. Well, they're doing it weird. So the man claims that the woman who wishes not to be named began texting about 15 minutes after the movie began and continued to activate her phone at least 10 to 20 minutes or 10 to 20 times in a 15 minute spread to read and send text messages throughout the movie. So she's pretty much like, I don't care about this. And I'm texting away.
4: That's because she... That's Okay, here's why. Because she's pissed off because for the first date, instead of taking her for a warm meal that she hasn't had in months, a free warm meal, that's what she was expecting on this first date, maybe a little conversation, he took her to the damn movie theater to sit in the dark. And watch Guardians of the Galaxy so this 37-year-old could get his Marvel rocks off.
2: We don't know. All I know Jeez. is that is Movie Etiquette 101. Don't freaking text. Don't get me wrong. She's she clearly... could have said, no, I don't want to go see a movie, and we wouldn't have this issue. But clearly she agreed to it. She's there, and now she's texting, and that would have pissed me off, too.
4: Unless it was a surprise date. Maybe he was like, no, I got would something fun planned for you. Would you take her to small claims you. court? <laughs>
0: I wouldn't take her to small claims court.
4: Like, doesn't that, like, cost money just to do that? Like, he's probably, like, blowing more money than the $17 ticket.
2: All right, well, here's what he said. So he tells her to step outside of the theater if she's insisting on continuing to text. Instead, she just left and drove away, leaving this man without a ride at the theater. So assuming his account of what happened is accurate, she, she did, according to the person that wrote this article on Maxim, exhibit first date poor first-aid etiquette. Oh, okay. Clearly. But the notion of filing a lawsuit is certainly insane. So, here's the text message that he sent her. Now, there's some typos in this. I, I might just naturally try and correct there. But this is Brandon to this woman that's unnamed.
4: Okay. Let me just ask you this. Does yeah. he spell the word "you" with just the letter U at 37 years he old? He
2: looks like he's very punctually sound. Oh, okay. We've got everything spelled out fully. We've got nice commas.
4: So at least he can hang his hat on that. Yeah, he knows what he's doing here.
2: He can he can he can type well. So he sends her a text that says, quote, Your behavior Saturday was not only rude, but it cost me money. I want you to compensate me for the $17 movie ticket and the $4 pizza. Will you do this? Or do I have to pursue the money in small claims court? I can file online for my laptop, and I'm willing to do so. Your behavior was wildly out of line. And I'm happy to pursue putting you on the books for this. So this is he what sounds, this
4: poor girl. He sounds like a dad. I mean, he sounds like a
2: cheap-ass yeah, like dad, scolding I mean, his
4: daughter. Jeez, man. So what does she respond? So
2: she says, "Are you serious? My best friend needed me right away, and you said my phone was driving you crazy, and I felt so uncomfortable. So I left. I can't believe you would take this as far as going to court. This is insane." <laughs> And he just responded, yes, I'm absolutely serious, and there's more to it, but it cuts off. So this guy was pissed, and I think she probably had the right answer. Like, what the hell are you talking about, dude? Of course,
4: her friend had an emergency that night. Her best friend had an emergency. What could it have been? I mean, what could this pertinent emergency of Ben. Is this a 37-year-old as well? Do we know her age?
2: Uh, we don't know her age. Because she
4: sounds like she's like the 19-year-old the girl, yeah. and he's the 37-year-old creeper on Tinder. Well, he
2: seems like he And they're feels, both idiots. They're, they're both oh, idiots. They're both idiots, for sure. But he feels like he's in the right here. He tweeted out, <laughs> screenshotted and tweeted out their conversation <laughs> and tweeted flaky plaintiff has now put out statement saying, I made her feel unsafe during movie. <laughs> sure. Here's us texting. You be the judge. Either way, dude, it's $22. He made. I would feel- just suck it up and say, man, that date sucked. I never want to see you again eat your money and move on
4: yeah but that's not with sensibilities of a 37 year old single guy who's dating 19 year olds on tinder and taking them to go see guardians of the galaxy well we two don't for know first date
2: if it was tinder or where they met that was not specified but yeah i mean man that i cannot believe this dude this is amazing
5: well, ho- I, well
4: I hope he uh i hope he wins i mean for sure pulling for him may have to go sit in on that ruling unbelievable
5: you we guys can party. Hey, why don't we make a
4: party of it? We can go party on 6th Street, and get weird, and then go into the uh go into the ruling. Let's just go yeah, see if we, he wins. That'd be fun. We and can we just, can tell uh, him what a doucherie is for 37 years old.
0: Yeah. Let's Woo, do way to go. live yeah. first ever live nosebleed seats. Oh, let's go. <laughs> from broadcast. the Travis County Courthouse. Yeah, on yes. our the courthouse. <laughs> that
4: sounds amazing. We can just like tell him we can just live on air, we should bring him on for an interview, tell him what a doucherie is.
2: Hey, where'd you meet this girl? Was it Tinder? And why the hell did you go pick a movie on the first date? <laughs> Idiot. Golly, we need to bring
4: Nick on for a little bit of love advice. Man, We're we'll, that's going to be a good show. I'm excited for that.
2: Put you it on the calendar. Uh, you want a second lawsuit? Oh, we got two weird lawsuits we got two back weird to lawsuits. back. This one has to do with somebody pretty famous. Oh, all right. Let me hear it. Do you guys know uh, who Puff Daddy is? Hey, Diddy. So Puff Daddy has been sued. Yeah. His chef is suing him. Oh, really? For making her cook for him. While he was naked. He? Not her? He? No. Puff Daddy nude while Chef cooks for him. Wow. And he requests or essentially pressures, a.k.a. forces.
4: Demands. This
2: chef to praise his genitals. Oh, my God. While she cooks for him. What an ego.
4: I don't want you, beautiful woman, to be naked while you cook me food. I want you to see me naked and
2: compliment my beautiful piece so here's some details all right the chef who is not named here says she started working for combs in 2015 and regularly worked from 9 a.m to midnight or later without being paid overtime and was regularly asked to serve food for her boss and his friends immediately following sexual activity (laughs) with her I don't know. No, probably not. I don't think so. I think it's She's like, just the post
4: bang sandwich. Yeah,
2: the friends probably is the person that exactly. Yeah. They were having the sexual. I just activity think it's with.
4: funny that the richest hip hop artist in all of the world is P. Diddy and even he is a cheapskate not wanting to pay her the overtime that she works.
2: <laughs> I wonder how much she was making though. I felt I feel like personalized oh chefs like that probably get paid well, well. Well she
4: she better be getting paid more than the average Joe because she had to talk about his Johnson. While she was cooking him an omelet, Well,
2: now she's suing, so I don't know so much. She claims that after this, you know, sexual activity, she's serving the meal while P. Diddy's naked. He asks her if she likes his body, and one of his friends says that she—one of his friends, she says— came into the kitchen naked mm. and asked her to look at it and admire his genitals. <laughs> <laughs> so the friends started doing it, too? The friends are in Everybody's on Everyone's like,
4: this. look, tell me what you think. It's tell a, it to me. Tell it's me it's beautiful. Tell me, tell me I'm pretty. Tell me it's huge, even though I know it already
2: is. So she routinely apparently complained about her working conditions to Combs' estate director, who is Stacy.
4: Well, I gotta say, did she just keep doing this? Like she, so she was doing this. Do we know how long this was going on? Like how long was she Since putting from up? From twenty
2: fifteen until I guess pretty recently. So, a, so two years. years
4: later, she's just like, all right, I'm sick of looking at all these penises.
2: Yeah. Well, she says she's learned into a situation where she could be accused of theft and ultimately terminated. Okay, so. <laughs> so they've turned it on they, her now. They've flipped the script. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the rich man does, man. That's how you do this it. This is my vote for greatest
0: weird story this is, ever. This is about as <laughs> yeah, weird no, as it. Yeah, it's juicy.
2: Gets. This is juicy. So. Iris, who is P. Diddy's executive housekeeper, Mm. regularly salvaged discarded items in the house, (laughs) according to the complaint, and offered the chef a watch, she says, was found in the trash that the chef took. So in the days following, the plaintiff was accused of theft and told that she would not be prosecuted if she returned the watch and signed a waiver of all rights and claims against defendants. Writes the attorney in the uh, complaint. Dang. So noting that his client returned the watch but refused to sign the waiver. So She said, here, here's the watch. I'm not signing crap for you. I'm freaking disgusted. So she's seeking damages for unpaid wages and overtime, plus punitive damages and an injunction, injunction to prevent future employees from being inaccurately classified as exempt. So she's either a thief or P. Diddy is just straight up a pervert or it could be a little bit of both.
4: Well, it seems like they they kind of uh they framed her a little bit or they set her up pretty hard because they offered her the watch that was in the trash can, knowing she'd take it, and then they put it back on her like she stole the watch. Just I mean, that's weird. brilliant. I mean, that's beautifully brilliant. I think the I think the, the best part about this all is is that P. Diddy, again, so wealthy and so rich, is a cheapskate. I mean, who would have thought? Who would have thought? Most of these guys are like making it rain with money, right? And then they're just showing it off. But he's like, no. Look at my pecker, tell me it's beautiful, make me an omelet. And
2: and, tell my uh, friend, my friend looks good too. And I'm not gonna cut you a check. Good lord. While you're walking and cooking on my marble floors. It's kinda it's weird. It's very weird. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. So, I don't know if maybe that'll change your opinion on P. Diddy at all.
4: All right, so here's the deal it doesn't matter if you're a 37 year old broke loser or you're an amazing hip hop, wealthy, rich man like P. Diddy. Either way, us men are cheap sons of bitches, baby. It doesn't matter. Jeez. Ah.
2: We're wanting our money and we want it
4: now. I love it.
2: Give it to me. Money hungry.
4: I need that 17 back. Hey, I'm going to need that 17 bucks back.
2: Yeah, I'm going to need that 17 bucks back. <laughs> The the chef should have said, "Hey, I'm gonna need that omelet back." Yeah, I'm gonna need. Where's my overtime, bitch?
4: And all those compliments. Now you gotta look at my rack and tell me how beautiful it is. Tell me me how sculpted
2: my mangina is right now. Yeah, that's what
4: she should do. She should flip the script on it. Make him come cook for her for two years, and you just gotta tell me how beautiful I am all the time.
2: Put the spaghetti bolognese all over me, baby.
4: Even though he's just gonna love that. That's actually a victory for him.
2: I don't know. This is crazy. It's weird. And I could see uh, P. Diddy definitely being a perv. But all men are. Oh, yeah. pervs. And
4: egotistical as can be. Oh, I could see that. I mean, it's like he didn't want the beautiful chef to be naked and cook him food. He wanted to be naked while she cooked He just needed that Yeah, when I first
2: saw this. Just look at it. I was expecting just, it to you be. You don't even have to touch it. Just look at the it. The chef is naked, right? You'd think the chef is having to cook him food nude. Instead, it's no. Cook the food while I'm nude. Tell me how great I look. I'm going to eat this food while you look at my package, baby. It's it's the
4: biggest power play since freaking Scarface, man.
2: It's unbelievable. You want to play rough? Let's play rough. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah, it's weird, dude. Jeez, I love it, though. So there you go. This is crazy. There's the two stories this week for Let's Get Weird with Waltric. Way to go, I Hope y'all enjoy that that one.
4: I think that beats the Rhino uh, orgy from last week. Do you? Yeah, i think I, that, I'm just I think trying that to This beats pile the Rhino. Quality. This
0: beats the Rhino orgy by a mile. By a lot. Now, this is this is like my top weird with Volchok. It's not even close. This is about human beings. I mean, this is crazy. It's about P Diddy just having <laughs> <laughs> <enough> ego. <laughs> I got a big it's ego. It's not no. You know I want, that song? Uh, uh, I want uh. this. I want this naked woman to cook me food. It's no. I want this woman to cook me food. Such a huge ego. I'm naked, ego. and you tell me how good
7: I
4: look,
0: dude. That's a Kanye West song,
7: <laughs> and that food better be
2: damn good.
4: That is phenomenal. He did oh, I Wonder if he made her wipe his bush
2: for him too? I mean, good lord, that's amazing.
4: Well, thanks for getting weird with us on Nosebleed Seats, ladies and gentlemen. all took bringing it hard with the weird stuff. I love it. I'm trying. Bab on the ones and twos, Chiafalo with the sick voice that you hear right now. But thanks, for, stay in your lane. <laughs> thanks for putting up yeah, with stay me. Stay in
2: your lane, bitch. <laughs> yeah, beachy bandejos. Can we talk some? Can we talk some frickin' some Duke? Oh, you want to like pigskin? Like some pigskin? You ever get a freshly new Duke football? The rock. And then it gets your fingertips like pink. Toss the stone a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. That's how you know it's a good one. Can we please talk some pigs? Can we do it? Like, is it okay with you if we talk a little bit of football? Baby boy, you never have to ask me if it's okay to talk football. You know that's my number one forever and for always.
4: Yeah, I do. I do. Well, uh, the beautiful thing is uh, the NFL never stops. It never sleeps. never goes away. So, looks like we got ourselves a free agent quarterback right now by the name of Mr. Colin Kaepernick. Oh, you're good friends with him, right? You took a knee with him. Oh, yeah. We take knees all the time together. Just one, though, not two. We're not on both knees. So you're sword swapping? Uh, well, at times. I mean, if it's the weekend, sure. If it's okay. the weekday, yes.
2: Friday, Friday.
4: So, Colin Kaepernick's still a free agent. Everybody's up in arms about that right now. You know, because they're like... My Why? arms
2: are up, and I'm letting everybody smell my pits.
4: Yeah, and by the way, they smell awful. I put extra Old Spice on today. Yeah, well, you needed that extra, extra, read all about it type stuff. So, you failed. Great job. But Nipple's on point today. Proud of you. Thank you. So, back to Colin Kaepernick. He's still a free agent. He's floating around there. He's a quarterback. He's not a half-bad quarterback, as we'll see here in a second. But, uh, as you said, he took the knee. I took it with him. I still got love. I still got people. But he's he's still looking for a job. You know what I'm saying? so, everyone's kind of wondering about that. And it looks like we got a little bit of headway on maybe, possibly, sort of what might happen. And it looks like the... Seattle Seahawks, of all teams, led by Mr. Pete Carroll, who is known as a player-friendly coach. Seattle's known to let their players kind of be themselves. Marshawn Lynch we've seen, Richard Sherman, Michael Bennett we've seen. All these guys are, you know, they got big personalities or whatever it is, and they let it ride. So, that does seem like a decent fit, but there are reports now that Seattle's looking to bring Colin Kaepernick in as their backup quarterback. He
2: would be a great backup there, don't you think?
4: Oh, I think. I mean, it's a great fit because when you think about it, I think Colin Kaepernick's better than a backup he's right in that that in between where he's not a phenomenal starter but he's also better than a backup so if you have him as your backup you're like damn we got a pretty good backup
2: quarterback yeah i would love him to come to dallas and back up dak the problem is the outside noise right the whole you bring him in you got to deal with the media frenzy the whole issue but i think you and i are on the same page seattle perfect location it's west coast way up there the fact that they've been good is really the only reason people are even talking about them. They've got all those mixed mosh, gosh a ba of personalities yeah. there. And a lot of those guys spoke out in favor of Kaepernick's protest. So I think that could be really good for
4: him. That's a good point. They did have a lot of players or a handful of players that were sort of backing Kaepernick whenever it was all going down when he was taking the knee. They had a handful of players, I'm pretty sure, take a knee. Um, and and Pete Carroll was, was like fine with it. So it seems like a decent fit. It also is always good. You know, it's nice to have a backup quarterback that is similar skill set to your starting quarterback, just so that if your starter goes down, you throw your second guy in, you don't really skip a beat, at least skill set wise. You don't have to totally. All right. Now we got to do a whole different offense because we got a guy with a totally different skill set. Wait
2: a second. Kaepernick's better than Russell Wilson, though, dude. What? Isn't he? Really? Didn't he beat him in an NFC title yet? Oh, gosh. Here we go. Key
4: and Fahey would slap you in the face right now. I'm just kidding. You're I'm playing kidding. the results. I'm you kidding. Jer- I'm
2: kidding. But I, I agree, man. Look, last year, and I got a little bit of a salty taste in my mouth towards mm. Kaepernick, which brings me to another question, which is a little unrelated and off the tracks of where we want to go with this, but I kind of want to ask it anyway. I love it. Kaepernick screwed me in fantasy football last year. Oh, really? And that's why I'm salty. Yeah, because he was putting up good numbers with uh, the 49ers for a little bit. He was running around. He had one game, I think, where he had like four touchdowns, Mm -hmm. you know, combined passing and running. He was putting up some good numbers. And I played him the week they go to Chicago. It's a snowstorm. He can't do anything. I think he literally had like seven total yards, and they pulled him at the end of the first quarter or something like that. And I lost the game, I think, by single digits, all because Kaepernick— Put up a freaking stinker, which leads me to my next point in regards to fantasy football. How early is too early
4: to get going? (laughs) Mock to get the wheel out maybe. Oh, you're a sick it's human It's mock draft being. season. You are disgusting. I love fantasy
2: football, and I just love
4: drafting is what it is. Okay, well, here's the deal, my friend. You got to let the camps run out. I don't ever do my fantasy football draft. Everybody knows this. You don't do your fantasy football draft. <laughs> I wish people
1: could
2: have just seen your hand gesture <laughs> and your face. I'm like so serious. Everybody knows this. this
4: just, everybody knows the rules, all right? And here's what it is. You can't draft your fantasy football team until exactly... Minimum, excuse me, maximum seven days prior to the start of the NFL season. I think
2: after the third preseason game is when I'd think about even having. I'm going fourth. I'm going fourth. You don't need a Jordy Nelson. You want the
4: preseason over. I need everything over. I need. We're going into week one. Okay. We are. We are game plan. Matter of fact, we've already got our freaking. We already got the game plan installed for week one.
2: And I agree with that, but I'm just talking mock drafting.
4: So you're just talking about the prep work.
2: Yeah, like I'm not even going to do a draft probably until you're right. Late August, maybe even that first week of September. But But yeah, the prep work, just logging on there. I've got the ESPN Fantasy Football Draft app ready. Listen, man. And I'm mock drafting. Listen, if you got the itch. two months early.
4: If you got the itch, scratch it. All right? I, I ain't got the itch right now. But at some point, I will, and it'll benefit you. You'll probably you'll probably be better than me because you put in the homework. No, you I think I time. overprepare and it screws me. Oh, is that your problem? Yeah, bit. I'm never really that good at fantasy.
2: Usually the it's first weird. draft I ever do each season, because I end up being in multiple freaking leagues, and it pulls me apart and kills me, but the first draft I ever do is my best team. And then the ones afterwards usually go, like, worse to worse to worse. And I always have tons of injuries, and it screws me. Ah, oh, fantasy football's a fickle bee. All right. Well, I
4: want to get back to Colin Kaepernick yeah, and yeah, the real course. football stuff because remember last week we delved into the QB catalog, aka the QB Bible, aka the only book I've ever read from start to finish. The box of Chubb, baby. It's, it's just it's a it's a, it's amazing. Okay, and we we delved into it a little bit last week. We talked about some quarterbacks. So I figured, hey, Colin Kaepernick, he might be signed. He might not be. Well, I mean, it's weird. It's weird to have a decent quarterback still on the market at this time because most times teams are trying to get themselves any sort of half decent quarterback in their building because I mean there's just not that many of them so I wanted to see okay well is Colin Kaepernick any any good or does he really just suck and because of the off-field things that the media circus that he's going to bring it just doesn't it's just there's not enough talent there to to override the fact that it's going to be a circus when he comes in so I went and did a little bit of looking I looked at, remember, it's the QB catalog by Kian Fahey. Keen Fahey, the again, Irish wonder. I apologize for how sick I sound. I'm struggling to get every word out right Listening now. Listening to you bad. talk is
2: making my ears bleed.
4: Yeah, it's really bad, and I apologize. Uh, but again, so Keen Fahey, though. QB catalog, pre-snap reads. He does sort of the advanced metrics he delves into. Remember, he takes all the variables out of it. He just wants to know what, what the quarterback can control. Does he do good at it or does he do bad at it? He doesn't. He he, he takes out. Do you have a bad offensive line? you have bad receivers? And it actually, the book shines a light on the quarterbacks that have bad offensive lines and have bad receivers or and the quarterbacks that don't do that well when it's the things that they can control. So let's see if Colin Kaepernick is any good. The first thing we look at is the accuracy. Well, we saw last week, Zach Prescott. Dallas Cowboys, he's ranked number 11th in terms of accuracy in all the quarterbacks. Hell yeah, he is. It's a
2: Dak party, baby.
4: That is correct. Well, Colin Kaepernick's not far behind him. Of all the quarterbacks in the NFL, Colin Kaepernick, for the 2016 season, his accuracy was 14th in the league. Oh, not bad. I mean, that's top half. A little bit better, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely top half of the league. That's not bad. I mean, especially when you look at the fact that it's better than Russell Wilson. So, you talk about—I mean, Russell Wilson is ranked 15th, so it's basically neck and neck with Russell Wilson. But in terms of accuracy— They're pretty much the exact same quarterback, and he's better than, let's see, he's better than Ben Roethlisberger, accuracy-wise, better than Kirk Cousins, he's definitely better than Carson Wentz, better than Derek Carr, better than Cam Newton. So, there's some big quarterbacks that he's better than them right there.
2: That's impressive.
4: So, not terrible, but not also phenomenal to where, hey, listen, you're no Aaron Rodgers, okay? So, I can't have a media circus here around Rodgers! The other thing that he has is, uh, remember, Kian Fahey does the interceptable passes. Yes. So he looks and says, okay, how many times did you throw a ball that whether it got picked or not, it should have been intercepted? Bad decision. Exactly. So let's take a look and see where Kaepernick ranks. Of all the quarterbacks in the NFL, by percentage, he throws the second least amount of interceptable passes in the year of 2016. Incredible. So by percentage, he is the second most... I guess uh, careful quarterback in the league, or a guy that doesn't—at least last year—didn't throw a lot of interceptable balls. What
2: about fumbles? Is he a guy that there's fumbles? I don't. I don't. I don't think he I feel calculates like he's too a many fumbler fumbles. at times. Maybe. It wouldn't surprise me because he's a runner,
4: so he has just yeah. more of a chance to be a Gets fumbler. Hit. I could see that. I could see that. So I mean, you see, he's the 14th most accurate quarterback, and he threw by percentage. He's the. He's the. The second least amount of interceptable passes in the league. Either way, as a backup quarterback, that's music to my ears. That's what I want. Accurate and protect the football. Keep us in games, baby. Exactly. 100%. And then the last thing I'll do, let me go look at his shorthand skill set just so we can see for the 2016 season what it was, Kaepernick, as a player. Let's see what and Fahey talks about right here. So we look at Colin Kaepernick. Shorthand skill set says that he's got a narrow skill set. He's a narrow skill set player. With exceptional strengths and manageable weaknesses. Ooh. So he does a lot of good things well. And the things he doesn't do well, he says, you know, we could, we could coach him up on that. We, we could fix that. Second thing he says is he's got a huge arm that can push the ball down the field and create and he creates velocity on short routes. So he's got a cannon of an arm. I think we all know that. I think he's a former
2: baseball player. The dude's got a rocket arm. He can spin
4: it for sure. But we also saw that he's got decent accuracy as the 14th quarterback in the league. So that's and you got to
2: like that mobility. His, his running is kind of what set him
4: apart for a little while. Now, in terms of his deep ball accuracy, Fahey says that his deep ball accuracy did drop off a little bit in 2016. So he's a decently accurate quarterback, but not so much super far down the field 20 yards and more.
2: Well, Seattle's offense is more West Coast, right? They're, they're yep. doing a lot of short, underneath, intermediate routes and let your receivers take it and make big plays. Fantastic point. All right,
4: so let's look at something else here. It says, he's obviously, he's a speed-based scrambler who can thrive on design runs. You look at the Seattle Seahawks, they have plenty of design plays, design runs for Russell Wilson. It'd be seamless transition if they got to throw Kaepernick in the lineup, if Kaepernick ends up being a Seahawk. And the last thing he says is that Kaepernick's movement in the pocket and his eye level took a big step forward in 2016. So his pocket presence, his awareness, being in the pocket, and uh, his being able to see the pressure, but still keep his eyes downfield and make the throw downfield in the heat of pressure while people are bearing down on him. He stayed poised I
2: think that's pretty impressive. You say all of this, and it just makes me think, why the hell would Kyle Shanahan not have wanted to work with him at all? Seems like a perfect fit almost. Yeah, well, I think it was just, you know, in... Well, he opted out, if you remember. He did opt out. He opted and out. I think a fresh start was probably needed for both parties. I but think that's sort of what it was. unfortunate because he seems like the kind of quarterback that would really excel under Kyle Shanahan.
4: Yeah, and Kyle Shanahan uh, is the kind of guy that can get the best out of a quarter. You've seen him. He's, he's done well with Kirk Cousins, obviously with Matt Ryan last year. So, yeah, you're right. I wonder I wonder if Kyle Shanahan, you know, had any sort of, hey, maybe we should keep, keep Kaepernick. But... I think with everything that went down last year, I think both team, both both parties, the the Niners and Kaepernick himself, they both just need a little bit of a fresh start. Either way, I think we've sold
2: Kaepernick to Seattle pretty hard.
4: I think we've sold it pretty hard, and I think that he's a decent player. So if if you end especially up, especially that marriage, that yeah, that, yeah, that marriage is seems pretty, pretty solid. sweet. It, it yeah. seems pretty destined. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if Kaepernick's willing to go sign on to definitely be a backup quarterback somewhere. Because part of the reason why he hasn't been signed yet is because obviously the off-field stuff is going to bring a lot of media attention that teams just don't want. So that's just not going to happen, oh, unless yep. you're a phenomenal player, which he's. we've seen he's good, he's decent, he's not phenomenal. okay. And he wants to be a starter. Reports are that he wants to be a starter, obviously, and that he's looking to make $10 million a year or more, which is, is fine money for a starting quarterback, but not for a backup. And I don't know if he wants to be a backup. So I think the only other thing that can happen here, if he doesn't sign on with Seattle, is he's going to wait it out, wait for training camp, preseason, wait for an injury, wait for a Teddy Bridgewater freak situation, and then a team can just sign him on that way? That's that's the only really that's the only way I see this happening.
2: Otherwise, I mean, if he doesn't want to sign on to be a backup in Seattle, man, this could be a while before he sees some work. I think you're right. I think that's a perfect fit for him, and it, he probably does view himself as a starter. I mean, it's not too long ago he quarterbacked the team to the Super Bowl. We're talking within a handful of years. I mean, Kaepernick, he's a guy that says, hey. I've produced in this league, which is a lot more than guys like Mike Glennon, who got fat contracts with the Bears this offseason, can say.
4: Well, and remember, the first thing Fahey says about Kaepernick and his skill set is that he has exceptional strengths. The things he does well are really, really good, and his weaknesses are manageable. So you can either hide them or coach them up a little bit. But either way, the guy's got serious potential. He's the top 15 most accurate quarterback in the league, and he does not throw a lot of interceptable balls, at least based on last
2: season. I think all of this speaks to the fact and really backs up the idea that people say, is Kaepernick getting blackballed a little bit out here? The talent says yes. He and Fahey says yes, he is talent-wise. If he didn't have this issue of the whole taking a knee and in the protest deal and teams kind of wanting to say, look, if you're going to come in and be our backup quarterback, we like the backup to be seen and not heard. Yep. Last thing we want is our team a- answering questions regarding our freaking backup quarterback. Yeah,
4: it's just annoying because that's the thing. You bring the guy in and how much of a distraction yeah, – The sports, especially in the NFL, they always talk about distractions. They want to avoid distractions. Well, I mean, I don't know how much – I don't know what you say is and isn't a distraction and how much it actually affects the team. But I know, I know that no team wants, even their starting quarterback, but especially their backup quarterback – being the guy that every 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 player, every reporter is being asked. Every reporter is asking every player in the locker room about this situation. And it doesn't just go happen for a day. It's not the day he signs. It's every single day. You know how this stuff works. The New York Jets signed Tim Tebow. They're asking about Tim Tebow every day. That's why Tim Tebow can't play. He won some games. But listen, he's got too much stuff. He's got too much of a circus. And he's not quite good enough to be my starter. Now, Colin Kaepernick's a way better quarterback than Tim Tebow. But it's still the same deal where... NFL is just saying right now, his talent, what he brings to the table, isn't quite as much as he brings on the other end. And yep. I can understand if you're if you're up in arms about that. Because it's not like, I mean, the NFL's taking on Greg Hardy, domestic violence. They've they've determined that, hey, listen, that stuff outweighs, or your talent outweighs the domestic violence in some Ray situations. Ray Rice never got
2: another job.
4: That's fine. That's a total good point. And that's a case of Ray Rice was just, he was declining as a player anyway. He was getting long in the tooth as a running back. And so we don't need you. But Greg Hardy is an example of, listen, you're still a double-digit sack kind of guy. I know you had some off-field domestic violence issues, but hey, you're a hell of a player. So we'll take the media circus because we, we know you can bring some value to our team.
2: And didn't he crash and burn? It did not work out for the Cowboys.
4: Fair enough. It didn't work out, but they still took that chance. They did. And it's just interesting that these teams aren't taking that chance on Kaepernick. And I mean, based on I mean him and Greg Hardy, I mean, come on, who did the worst thing? I mean for sure. It's there's no even there's no doubt about it. So I can understand while people are are bothered by the NFL and these teams not taking a chance on Kaepernick. I can understand it. But I can also understand the other side of the coin of listen, we just don't want the media circus. You know what I'm saying? We don't need this.
2: And we were talking about that off air with the Jets, and you were saying how the Jets went ahead and signed Josh McCown, and you were saying, look, Colin Kaepernick's way better than McCown is. Mm -hmm. And I said, I can understand though. Why the Jets would make that decision because, one, especially if they believe in one of these young guys like uh, Christian Hackenberg or Bryce Betty or one of these dudes that they've drafted, Kaepernick's not going to come in and really be a groomer or a role model like McCown would, the more of the veteran guy. But also, it's New York. Colin Kaepernick, it's going to be just like Tebow all over again if right, they, they went don't through that. Do that. So I can understand them going the direction of saying, screw it, we'll go with McCown to be our bridge guy, versus maybe they do think Kaepernick's more talented. But it's haunting him.
4: Well, and I'm looking right now. Josh McCown received a one year, six million dollar contract for the Jets. Which is probably
2: less than what Cap's wanting.
4: No, much less. That's what I'm saying. So so I don't know if Kaepernick's willing to take some sort of deal like that. I would say no. So and you're right about the Jets that you talk about a media frenzy. New York is the mecca of media and frenzies. That's the last thing the Jets need. Go to Seattle, man. Screw the Jeets. Go to Seattle. Yeah, I think he should go to Seattle. Or wait it out, wait for an injury, and hope a team could wait you know, it take out too. A Chance on, him. yeah, for sure. So we'll see. But bottom line is, we find out Kaepernick's not that bad of a quarterback. He's actually pretty decent. And based on what he's done off the field, that media circus is what's keeping him out of the league right now. But maybe Seattle's willing to take a chance, be the backup, and see what happens. I think it's a good. I think it's a good fit.
2: I agree. We'll keep looking and seeing if uh, any noise comes from that front. Other free agency news: Legarrette Blunt finally signed. He is now a member of the Philadelphia Eagles. Lagarrette smoked a what? He blunted the Eagles. Oh, wow. So he's in
4: Philly now. So that means he's in the NFC East.
2: Yes, he's in the East. I'll tell you what, I'd much rather him go to the Eagles than the Giants. I thought maybe the Giants would sign him. They kind of need a running back. They didn't fill that void in the draft at all. They could use a bruiser because they've got a Shane Vereen. They can kind of catch passes out of the backfield, but... He goes to the Eagles, does he make them a lot better? I don't know.
4: Nah, he doesn't make him a lot better. Listen, I watched him play New England. Listen, everybody's 18 better. 18
2: rushing touchdowns last year.
4: No, I know. That's because New England gets the best out of everyone. Oh, So for if you sure. did eighteen yep. in New England, that means you go to Philly
2: and you get one. You get eight. You get one. Ten last. I think ten last is. No, nah, you get one. You get one? I think you get one. You get one more?
4: You're gonna get he's gonna eat listen, he's gonna swell up like a bumblebee because he's a freaking he's gonna shove so many cheesesteaks in his mouth and he's not gonna have the Patriots Hounding him about being here on time, doing this, doing this, doing this. Listen, man, when you're in New England, you do well. You 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 outperform yourself. So he's not in, he's not much to worry about in Philly.
2: Who do the Eagles even have now? They've got Matthews. Brian, I think Ryan Matthews and gets the door now. It wouldn't surprise me if they they sent Ryan Matthews packing. Interesting. Yeah, that'll be something to look at. But I agree. I don't think it really tilts. Doesn't do anything. it doesn't, it doesn't do anything? It doesn't do anything. Yeah. That's fine. It doesn't do anything. If he went to the Giants, I think it would have made a little bit more of an impact. But the Eagles there. Yeah.
4: yeah, I think the Giants would have been a nicer stay fit in your form. lane, bro. But I mean, listen, yeah, he's a short yardage guy. So if, if if Philly gets down to the one yard line a lot, I don't know. I think they need to worry about their quarterback first, as opposed to their running back.
2: That's just me. Yeah. You're not a wentz guy.
4: Well, Key and Bay, he's not QB catalog
2: tells me. Not when not Wentz has a lot of work to do. He needs to grow. We're go, Well, we're they going. did finally, they, they gave him some weapons now with with Tory Smith and Alshon Jeffrey. You have Jordan Matthews there. They gave him some pieces to work with. So this will be a big show-me-year for Carson Wentz in Philly.
4: Yeah, it'll definitely be a show-me-year because the accuracy charts here for Keen Fahey don't really reflect well for Carson Wentz when you look at him. I could pull it up here if you want me to give it to you real quick
2: before we close our football segment here. Yeah, in terms of, if you're comparing, though, Wentz with the quarterbacks from this past draft class, I probably would have had Wentz rated number one easy.
4: All right. Well, he has Wentz in terms of accuracy. Overall, Wentz is the 27th most accurate quarterback Ooh, in the league.
2: Really, And that's weird because Wentz—you uh, think of him as being a checkdown guy.
4: Yeah. Does not yeah. really force the ball down the field much at all. No, but that's the thing. Remember, it takes it. It takes that out of the play. So just in general, yeah. you go short a lot. He's just not a very accurate passer, so it does, doesn't matter what about if the receivers suck. His does he drops? have a lot of drops? Um, I could go look and see. I have to go look and see. That Give me just one second. Yeah, get sorry. I'm page. not trying to No, you up here, brother. Sorry. I'm. How bad do I sound on a scale of one it's, to nine? It's progressively gotten a little worse. Yeah, as I've
2: gotten. Because you're talking, yeah. and it's okay. I'm passionate a little bit. No, that's fine. Rumbling my, my, my voice. You need to stay moist. If you need to run in the hall and grab some water. I can do that? Yeah.
4: All right. Well, let me let me find Carson Wentz here. Freaking W. I can do that. You have permission. All right. Here's Carson Wentz. Interceptible passes. Is that what we're looking at? We're looking at uh, drops. Oh, drops. His drops. Yeah. Like, did he have a lot of drops? Is that he maybe... did have a lot of lost yard. He did have a lot of lost yards.
2: So that could have contributed to his inaccuracy a little bit.
4: Yeah, but he also had a lot of created yards as well. Um, you look and you see Jordan Matthews for the Eagles last year had nine failed receptions for 111 yards. Wow! And he had two other guys that failed him seven times. Another guy failed him six. Another two other guys failed him five times. So he was he got failed a lot as well. But he's still not very accurate. You look at his accuracy charts, anywhere in the field. I mean, he's really not. He doesn't excel accuracy wise anywhere. Even though you mentioned the fact that he throws short a lot, he's not very accurate throwing short. I mean, he's really not accurate anywhere in terms of left, right, hash, middle. The dude's short, long. I mean, he's just intermediate. The dude's just not very accurate in general. So, Eagles get a little Garrett Blunt, but they need to worry
2: about the accuracy of their dang quarterback. Something to look for in the NFL season this year as we talk a little bit of the National Football League, the king of all sports. It's the No Split Seats podcast, Zach Wolchuk, alongside Eric Chiafalo, producer Bab. Let's shift gears now, folks. Let's talk a little bit. Of the Ultimate Fighting Championships. It's the UFC. And the UFC 211 was in Dallas this past weekend. It ended up being a pretty fun card. I was unable to go, as I've talked about on the show. What was ironic was the state championship, which was between Jesuit and ESD, the SID for Jesuit, who's kind of like the head PR man, right? For those of you that don't know what an SID is. He shows up. Sports Information Director. There we go. That's my bab right there. He shows up Sunday, comes up, meets us huffing and puffing. Hey, guys, so glad you're here doing this. Gives us some information on the team. I just drove in here. I was at the UFC fights last night. <laughs> Left at 7 a.m. I'm rolling on caffeine <laughs> and Red Bull. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> awesome. So How pissed were you? I was just thinking, damn, this, this should have been me. Yep. This should have been, especially since Highland Park lost in the I semifinal. Know
4: you did. Oh my goodness! But that's why man. it worked
2: out so nicely that we still got to call the state championship game, or else I would have just been grinding my teeth.
4: Yeah, you would have been just, freaking. Uh, pissed. Are you freaking kidding And rightfully kidding me. so, man. But you made the right business move. I'm yeah, proud it
2: was. Of it was fun. It was a great experience, and I think we delivered a good call. Hopefully, the fans at Jesuit enjoyed it. But UFC 211 was a bid, a big a bid, a big success. You had J. Jacek defend her uh, strawweight title. Cool. Inch yourself closer to being the most dominant female fighter ever, surpassing Ronda Rousey. And Amy Miocic defended his heavyweight title. Frankie Edgar did a great job as well winning his fight. Overall, a good card. But what I loved most about it afterwards is Dana White's comments in the post-fight interviews. And he just gave a ton of love to Dallas, Bab. Let's roll with cut one here. Dana, on the comments of the success of the event.
1: We had 18,000 people here tonight. A full, we had a full sellout tonight. There wasn't one ticket left in the place. Thank you, Dallas. Texas is always very good to us. Woo! The uh, the gate was $2.66 million. Big freaking success, baby. Nice job,
2: Texas. That's what we do. Except for Walter,
4: because you didn't show up. Well,
2: part
0: of your money you spent, right, is on that $2.6 million? We
2: were able to sell our seats.
4: Oh, and, you are.
0: Unfortunately.
2: Uh, we ended up selling one to an average Joe, but two went to some good friends of ours that one is an actual MMA. He's an, he's an MMA fighter. He trains uh, BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He actually had a teammate that was fighting on the card, which won fight of the night. It was uh, the heavyweight bout.
4: Did his boy win or did his boy he lose? Lost. Oh, he lost. He lost, but I'll tell you what. It a hell of
2: a slugfest. Uh, it, it looked like he was getting his knee just battered early on. He could barely stand. and oh. It got to the point where in the second round, I was just cringing because any time he went to that knee, he almost is about to fall down, and he just decides, I'm swinging for the fences. So these two dudes are slugging it out, throwing haymakers. If there's ever a fight where the loser won fans, this was it. Dana actually talked about uh, if the card matched expectations cut two, and he mentions that fight, winning fight of the
1: night. I thought so. It was a great card. I mean, all the prelims were incredible. The main card was good, Um, you know. Heavyweight knockout in the first round. Ioana you know, Jacek performed surgery tonight. Uh, Frankie Yeager showed it ain't over, you know. Sent the young guy back to the back to the drawing board. Um, Jason Knight, kid, is nasty and unbelievably technical. And the heavyweights were fun. I mean, the list goes on and on. The women's fight was fun. Aguilar and, uh, yeah.
2: The heavyweights were fun. That was pretty much it. I love
4: that he said... John Jacek or whatever her name Young is. John Jacek. He compared it to a surgeon. <laughs> she was surgical tonight. That's amazing. I love that.
2: She was, though. Yoana you know, Jon Jacek is a freaking beast. I mean, Corey came on here and talked about he rolled around with that one girl who was an Invicta fighter and she just mauled
4: his ass. Oh, yeah. And I she would beat not, him up. Oh. And she beat him up too.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> oh, that's so great. But what was fun though is in this post fight interview, one question that really kind of piqued my interest Ooh. was a fight at 18T stadium a potential event held at 18T and i had recently heard we talked last week about how that Gennady Golovkin the triple g fight versus canelo alvarez they're thinking about maybe putting that at 18T stadium in september so the dana, boxing match the boxing match yeah. so dana white was asked about a potential fight at 18T stadium also previously known as cowboy stadium dana what do you think? Cut three.
7: Another incredible event in Dallas, Texas. Thank you, sir. I've been to every single one that you've had. Thank you. They keep getting better and better. Are we ever going to get Cowboys Stadium, or have we moved on past?
1: No, that? no. We've talked to them all the time. Those guys are really good to us, and, and uh, we like them very much. You saw the, a lot of Cowboys here tonight. And um, the answer is yes. Just got to be the right, the right fight, you know, at the right time. And we will hear. do it. That'd be awesome. I mean, that's one of my things that I would love to do. I wanted MSG. You know, I wanted some of these famous arenas around the world, and, and, and I want Dallas.
2: And he says, I want Dallas. You can't see him, but the look in his eyes was like, I want Dallas. He wants that venue. It made me think a little bit. And usually what Dana wants, Dana gets. If it's not a UFC fight, why not the biggest UFC fighter, biggest name in the sport? I'm, I'm fighting fighting John outside Jones? the oh, UFC. Dude, that would be sweet. Jones John Cormier Jones would be sick. There. That's already locked down for UFC 214. But That's the best fighter. What about a little Irishman? Hmm. Fighting Money Mayweather? That
4: ain't never going to happen.
2: at t Stadium? Cool
4: it. That ain't going to happen. You don't think so? That fight's never going to happen, Walter. We already discussed that last week. He had a son, and now he's over it. Remember? Hashtag. What did we hashtag? Hashtag blame the baby.
2: Yeah, well... Guess what, bud? What? Dana got it done. Stop it. Dana White on Inside the NBA yesterday goes on there before Cleveland and Boston. And he basically says, hey, we got to get the deal done. But before that, he was also talking at the UFC 211 post-fight press conferences and said, fights were on Saturday night. Sunday was his deal. So he was going to meet with Connor, try and get that side done. Well, Sunday came and went. Yesterday was Wednesday. All the financial and signing of the dotted lines and everything had to get processed. Here's what Dana had to say: Is it done? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Sorry, I, so I have to keep doing this? my cut. Mm-hmm. Oh, you closed it out?
4: Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to retime it. Man, I'm gonna go horse doing that squeaky thing. Oh, yeah, no, that's not good for your throat. Jeez. All right, what, what are we looking at here? Did Dana, see, I knew this was it. Like, this was all This was all just a scam. The check. anticipation the us.
2: anticipation's killing this is me. Not, it's not going to happen. Dana, tell me, there tell are me no Connor's cuts. done. Tell me Connor's done. We have no audio.
7: Gregor, three you... Mayweather, is it happening? Is it a myth? What's going on? Please let us know right now.
1: The McGregor side is done. I'm starting to work on the Mayweather side now. Oh! oh. So the okay. fight will okay. happen. Ooh. Ooh. I'm That's not saying Ooh. the fight will happen, but uh, I, I got one side done. Now it's time to work on the other, you know. Wow, so he's got so it's not
4: a, so the deal's not done. Walchick,
1: he Connor's, got to have the deal. Connor's side is done, fifty
4: percent.
2: Oh come on, it's Connor's 50%. side is done, and Floyd has maintained this entire time. Get your deal done. Come talk to me. We'll get it done. Oh okay, all right. I didn't know that's what he was laying out. Like no, that. he needed Floyd has always said, look, talk to the UFC because that's kind of where the friction was. Floyd can do what he wants. He's been that's his saying. Like I don't have a bots. Connor's got to work with Dana. They worked it out. Their side's done now. So now it's time for Dana to get in a room with Floyd and his team. They got to talk. They got to figure it out. I think they're going to do it, dude. I think this fight sooner rather than later is going to be officially announced. Conor McGregor with the news confirming the signing. He comes down and says, look, man, I've signed this contract to fight Floyd Mayweather. He's excited about it. Are you not? You don't look too excited.
4: I'm excited. Of course I'm excited. But it's still just 50%. You know what I'm saying? It's like halfway. Yeah, right? but it's
2: it's the part that needed to be done, in gotcha. my opinion. It's, well, that's it's, big It's then. the side that probably had the most hoops to jump through is done. I think the hard part now is finished. Now, it's only going to stay hard if Good. Floyd wants to be a big jerk about things and be like, nah, nah, nah. I don't like where this is. But I... Well, if you're going to get me, hard, if you're going to
4: get hard, don't don't play with me. You better don't get, get hard and stay hard. Yeah,
2: exactly. You better get hard and stay hard, well, Floyd. Well, how
4: much do you how much do you think uh, McGregor's making then? If, if their deal's done, what do you think it was? What I do you think, think he's it's coming a, out with? I think it's at
2: least 75 mil. Ooh! When it's all said and done, I think it'll be a, at least 75 mil. You know what?
4: He could probably afford a pair of those big baller shoes.
2: Oh, for sure. He could. Maybe, one or, maybe just one or two pairs. Quote, unquote, the notorious one. Give me some freaking foggy dew or something, Bab, underneath this. You're slacking over here. Sloggy There's only one Connor freaking McGregor, baby.
3: There Quote unquote
2: is. from the notorious one. It's an honor to sign this record breaking deal alongside my partners Zufa, the ultimate fighting championship and paradigm sports management. The first and most important parts of this historic contract has now officially been signed off on. Congratulations to all parties involved. We now await Al Heyman and his boxer signature in the coming days.
4: What a great line that he said. The most important part oh, of the deal to specify. has gotten done. I am in, and that's all that matters. After I am inside,
2: Floyd. I
4: am inside.
2: I'm excited, dude. Dude,
4: I know you are. So, do you think, okay, give me your confidence meter that it ends up in Dallas?
2: Ooh, see, that's going to be tough,
4: man. Because what, what do you think the time frame They're is going to get done? They're going gonna... to be Vegas, in Vegas? New York. Vegas
2: sounds like a New Yorker.
4: The Vegas MGM. Kind of thing. Well, it seems I mean, like I they're going to sell that...
2: so many tickets, though. This, the MGM does not hold
0: more yeah. than what twenty thousand. That's people? a great
2: point. Wouldn't you want to try and sell as many tickets as you can?
4: Well, I mean, yeah, I would, of course.
2: Because now, I thought that Floyd had a deal to fight solely in Vegas, but then Floyd started throwing out like international hosting venues. Wow,
4: Ireland? He, there's no way. He would no, go there. there's no
2: way it would be Ireland. But I think maybe he threw out Africa. Africa? Maybe saw that. Maybe Johannesburg? Huh? Ah. But if you're going to have an event at at t Stadium, what bigger?
4: Well, when do you think it's going down? I mean, what, that's do you have tough. I have no idea frame, when it's going, going down. Now, think, man. I think the longer the longer it, it it delays, the the better it is for for McGregor. Assuming he's practicing his boxing, you know what yes, I mean? So I agree. Every extra day he can get in the boxing ring is going to help him. Any day away from that. You know, is, is not necessarily the delay does not help. If anything, it hurts Mayweather because he's only getting older day by day. McGregor's not old, he's not aging, he just needs to refine his boxing stuff. So, if he can buy another eight months, that's going to go a long way. I mean, if they go a quick turnaround and they pull this thing out in like four, four months as opposed to eight months or opposed to a year from now, I mean, the longer this thing drags out, the better it is for McGregor and the worst it is for Mayweather, but it still all favors Mayweather. I mean, this whole thing obviously favors Mayweather. It certainly does. I'm just hoping for a good show. I'm just hoping, because the problem with Mayweather is he's a boring fighter, but the good thing about McGregor is he's the furthest thing from a boring fighter. I don't want another
0: another Mayweather Pacquiao.
2: Something's got to get. I don't think there's any way that you'll get that because of of Conor. And and to me, guys, look, of our generation— this is the biggest fight we've ever seen, dude. It's got to be because, and here's why. But will it live up? Will that's a fight question. Be good?
4: That's, that's what I'm I think the about. only
2: way it can live up to it is two things. One, Conor wins. Two. Oh, well, of course. Well, of course, yes. Two, if, and and this is how it's going to go. It's either going to be a Conor wins by KO, or it goes the distance, which is most likely, and Floyd outpoints him. Because he's a 49-0. and He's the best defensive boxer in history he's Floyd Money Mayweather. The dude's a freaking savage. Now, I know I've said a lot in pro-Connor knocking Floyd. I got respect for Floyd, man. If you go and watch Floyd Mayweather highlights, that dude is slick. He is quick. He is slippery. But the one thing he doesn't have, he's got quick hands, but he doesn't have powerful hands. Conor McGregor has been hit with things a lot harder than Floyd Mayweather's punch. Whether that's kicks, whether that's elbows, whether that's Harder punches in the UFC. Beer the bottles dudes breaking are, over his yeah. head. I'm
4: sure he's been in plenty Monster of bar fights. Monster bottles yeah. at, at
2: the press conference. The dude's a two-weight world champion in the UFC. I don't think it's going to be like what people are saying and, oh, my God, Floyd Mayweather has far and away all the favorites. I think it's either going to go decision and Floyd wins or Conor's going to win. But the thing that will make it successful is wait, so wait, so if wait. it's entertaining. Wait.
4: You're really going out on a limb right now. So you think either Mayweather wins
2: or... McGregor wins. Is that what you're saying? I'm going on a limit saying I think Mayweather wins by KO. That's going to be my prediction of the fight, and I'm going to put money down on Mayweather or on Mayweather losing and Conor winning.
4: But you're willing to go as far to say as if Mayweather it's does lose. If
2: Mayweather wins, it's it, going to be by decision.
4: But what I'm saying is, you're willing to go as far as to say that if Mayweather does end up losing, that McGregor will be the one to win. He's going to knock him out. You're willing to say that he will finish him, finish all over him. Good. I'm just making sure sports,
0: the team with the most points, wins the game. Yeah, I just want to
4: make sure that Walchick does. Is that how that that works? That if Floyd Mayweather doesn't win, it's pretty it's pretty bold of you to say that if he doesn't win, that McGregor's going to. Well,
2: there is such thing as a tie. In fighting. Yeah, well. There's draws. Good. So If we really want to be well, smart. That's not asses. gonna live up to it.
4: That's not gonna live up to it.
2: No, you don't think a draw wouldn't live up to it? A j- I, I mean would be unless, sh- unless that it's would, a would be slug shocking. Draw. That would be shocking. All the people that are giving Conor McGregor no chance and it's a draw. Give
4: me an arm up. That man. wouldn't live up no, to I it. No, I need a one
2: arm up. Oh, I agree. Ties are like kissing your brother, man. But a draw in, in a fight like that, styles make fights, bro. And people are saying there's no way in hell a UFC fighter can come and fight a forty nine 0 boxer and stand a chance. Well, Conor McGregor stylistically poses a lot of problems for Floyd Mayweather. And if this thing's not a Conor win by finish, and it goes to decision, and it's a draw, which would be almost as equally shocking, you don't think that that's a success? Listen, if it's a slugfest... 49-0. and 0, All if, of a sudden, 49-0 in a lot of, and 0 and one. If it's a lot of dodging
4: hits as opposed to getting Dude. hit, then it's not going to be fun. I need to see blood. You need to see blood. Blood. There
2: will be blood. Guts. There will be blood. And there needs will to be, be the a spleen. Blood. There
4: better be a spleen ending up somewhere in the ring by the end of this thing. All right? Fritz, live up to it. Especially how much it's going to get blown up, like, as it's being promoted for. This is going to be the most promoted fight ever. And it just better live up because the last time we saw Mayweather fight, it was one of the worst experiences we've all had.
2: Dude, the buildup alone will be worth every freaking bit. Okay. See, that's what I'm concerned about. The buildup, you blew me.
1: You, 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 that's what helps okay, make I did not greatness. mean to say that. You, what do you, you think you made Muhammad Ali made, so great? It's just, that's what it is. It's going to be a The trash talk,
2: the hype. You think all oh, Muhammad Ali's fights were that awesome? He probably beat the crap out of some guys in less than ra- in three minutes. And people are like, woohoo! Round one knockout. But it's Ali, baby. It's the hype. It's the buildup. You've got the two, knockout, the best we've ever seen A round one knockout
4: would be living up to it. That would be amazing. Would but be living up to it? Freaking KO. But
2: yes, there's no phenomenal. way Floyd's knocking Conor out.
4: No, not at all. And my, my concern is, is that he's just going to be dodging punches this whole time, and McGregor's not going to get
2: hit either, and it's just going to be a big dodge fest. It's going to be fascinating to watch. Not if it's a dodge fest. Regardless. Well, you can bet your ass Floyd's going to be dodging. All right, I just want to make sure you're
4: willing to double down on this prediction that if, if Mayweather doesn't win, that McGregor does win. My prediction
2: is Mayweather wins by knockout. Man, that's huge. That's huge.
4: I love how you're doing that, though. I love how you're uh, hedging your bets a little bit. You're pulling for Conor. But you're betting on the other guy. I'm not betting on the so other guy. So either way, you're happy. How am I doing that? You end up winning. You end up, you end up winning either way because if How? McGregor wins, you're happy because that's your boy. If he ends up losing, and, and Mayweather wins, you say, "Well, that's what
2: I picked. I'm, I'm a
4: guy." Stay
7: in your lane.
2: Stay in your lane, Eric.
7: All right.
4: Connor by KO. That's no, my I'm pick. How over am I
2: hedging my bets right now?
4: No. It, well, I it's just saying that either way, you put yourself in a win-win scenario. That's Ow. all. And and at the same time, a little bit of a lose-lose. Because again, if McGregor wins, you're happy. And if Mayweather wins now, you called it. I didn't call it. I'm saying Mayweather's going to lose. Oh, you're saying Mayweather. I thought this whole time you were saying Mayweather wins
2: by knockout. I said... McGregor McGregor wins, wins by knockout. by KO. Oh,
4: I thought you said Mayweather. I think you'd been saying Mayweather. I'm pretty sure you've been, been saying Mayweather? Mayweather. I think
0: you've been saying Mayweather. And
4: that's
2: why my mind is so discombobulated It's clear right I've now. been saying for weeks, <laughs> anytime this is brought up, my pick is Conor by I KO. I know, and, and then you just kept saying Mayweather. So yeah. my mind was just i was pretty just sure baffled. you've been saying Mayweather. I just Mayweather said by... how Mayweather has brittle hands and does not <laughs> yeah. have power behind and his punches. And then you said he was going to win by knockout. No, amazing if I did. said that, I apologize. And I, you've got two M's, Mayweather See, and McGregor, <laughs> easily flippable <laughs> here. McGregor's phenomenal. But Mayweather blows, but you Mayweather know me. is going to win. You know me. It's amazing I'm what you did. I'm
4: taking McGregor Because okay,
0: I was kind of shocked, too. I okay, thought you I'm were saying no. Mayweather. Yeah, no, you
2: were saying God. To clarify, McGregor by KO, and if I flip the names, I apologize.
7: Human error. Stay in your lane.
2: That's on me. I'm staying in this lane, baby. Seriously.
4: That I'm is hugging on the you. curb. Gosh, because I was I was looking in the mirror no. first I was about to say, wow. What I'm, did not, I do? I'm not picking Maybe Floyd I'm to dumb. win. Maybe Eric's a little
2: cuckoo. No. Maybe I'm a little. <laughs> oh Wait, man. Who are you not picking to win? I'm not picking Mayweather to win. Yes,
3: Floyd.
2: <laughs> Louder. <laughs> yes, <Floyd. laughs> Yeah, F. Floyd. Dude. That's bleep
4: you, Floyd, by McGregor. I'm not
2: picking you. Yeah, that did Floyd. not. That did not translate. I'm just going to start well. saying hey, we swung and we we missed. I'm going to okay. start saying Conor and Floyd. Screw this Mayweather-McGregor crap. Yeah, because
4: you just confused
2: everyone. <sighs> you, you just you just you said, should not have been confused. I'm a little disappointed in you. <laughs> you kept saying Mayweather. So you I should confused. know better. I've got a McGregor Chubb strapped all day every day, and that's why I was confused, man. You should so know better. This McGregor- I see a McGregor right chub, and
0: here you are shouting.
4: Mayweather by KO. I'm like, what are
2: you doing? <laughs> McGregor by KO.
4: Thank you. That's it. That's all we need.
2: Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. McGregor He's right. going to KO Floyd in the fifth round. Well, there's no. Your, I, I'm not picking rounds. There's
4: your discombobulated UFC wrap up. Hopefully, McGregor ends up winning. But if not, it's okay because Mayweather probably will. I'm assuming one of them's going to win, right? Unless there's a draw. Those would seats, baby. Thanks for listening with us. Or Thanks for listening to us, not with us.
7: Stay in your lane.
4: Okay, well, should we wrap it up with just the important things to watch this weekend?
2: Well, we've got that, and I did go and see King Arthur with oh, our, that's with our right. boy Charlie Hunnam.
4: All right, so give me a rundown on Sexy Charlie.
2: Charlie was sexy as ever, was he? Okay. Oh my god, as sexy as we've ever seen Charlie, and the movie—he was great. The movie itself, though, for me, had a lot of working for it, but it just didn't ultimately come together. Not enough action? <sighs> yeah. I, 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 the action that was in it was great, and it left you wanting more. Did Did Charlie have his shirt off for at least 50% of the movie? The first time you see him, he's got his shirt off. And, okay. Oh, it
4: is gorgeous. All right, good stuff. So what, right. uh, what about what you? Jude
2: Law was good, but they spent too much plot time on him. It's like we know the story of Excalibur. We know the story of Camelot. We know kind of the background of what's happening here. And they did some quick montages, like where you see King Arthur grow up from a boy to a man. They just do a quick montage. It's like two minutes, boom, eclipse. You've gone through 20 years in a blink. They did the same thing later on in the movie, where King Arthur tries to learn how to use the sword and go through this area, this island and crap. Same thing. He goes through everything on this island in like a two-minute quick montage, and it's awesome. Sweet. We're advancing the story. But then they'll stop, and it'll drag with what's going on with Jude Law and these mages, which are what Merlin is, right? So, to me, it was like, let's cut out some of the, trim the fat, keep more action, because parts of it were great. It? How long was it? Two hours and six minutes.
4: Mm. Yeah, we need to cut if that to was about an hour 40, 40.
2: Perfect. Man. Yes. I, yes,
4: hour 40, and that's all you need. Yep,
2: and it would have been awesome. Jeez. And it's sad, because at the end, they clearly set up the Knights of the Round Table for a sequel, and they wanted to try and make a series out of it, and I would have been down for that, because a lot of the stuff's really cool, but it completely bombed. And I can kind of see why, because it drags a little, man. Well,
4: did you bring a date to the movie? Was she watching or was she texting? Are you suing? What's the deal? I
2: went with a male friend of mine. No dates.
4: Okay. You taking him to I small went with claims the... court? No, I went with,
2: <laughs> I went with Tony Casillas. <laughs> Grinder? Tony Casillas. Oh,
4: Tony. Friend of the friend show. Friend of the show. Now that's family of the show right there. He's he's shared this. We he's been get, in bed we with We need us. to get Tony back on again. I think we do need to get Tony yeah, back on. Yeah, we should get Tony back on. Just for some, just for some, just to spice things up Live, in the bedroom. in
0: studio. That will not be named Yes Tony Casillas
2: Tony Casillas Coming to you live Cool so that was your hot date That Great. was my hot date And then I also finally finished Death Note Oh the anime show that you love. You were yeah. sending
0: some very depressing Snapchats At the end of that I was just
2: mind blown Like completely I, I haven't been so like anxious And just anticipatory of how A show was going to conclude Going into the final episode of that I, I didn't know what the hell to expect man But woo. Worth seeing. Talk about payoff. Good ending? Yes. The whole show its just a very smart show. It's always one step ahead. You don't know what to expect. It's like, how the hell did that just happen? That is ingenious. It is awesome. 37 episodes on Netflix. It is an anime. I get it, but it's dubbed American. It's in English. You don't need subtitles, and it's awesome. Go ahead and watch Death Note. They do have a movie coming on Netflix that can't be anywhere near as good as the show. I'm sure it won't be. But William Defoe is going to star in it. Nat Wolf is going to star in it. If, if you don't know who they are, then whatever, get over it. But there will be a Netflix original movie coming out at the end of August of Death Note. But you got to watch the TV show, man. It's twenty-minute episodes. You can fly by it. Highly recommended. It's great. Good. All right. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad
4: there's a good ending because that's what matters, especially. Yes. And you know how deep I am into anime. I'm, a, I'm balls deep in anime. I know
2: you love yourself some. anime. And if it
4: doesn't have a good ending, a good finisher. I'm bothered. I need to finish.
2: Well, Bab, what the hell can people watch this weekend other than Death Note?
4: Yeah, because obviously they can watch some things on Netflix, but this is a hot time in sports. I mean, this is May. This is... I mean, May is a hotbed for sports. So, Bab, just give us the rundown on all the uh, important yes. sports games. Sporting all quick, the quick, important Bap. sports. Hurry, Bab! Hurry, Bab! Hurry. Okay,
0: okay. This weekend, lots of games you can watch. The Fresno Grizzlies taking on the Memphis Redbirds Who? in Fresno, California. Oh. This is A baseball, by Big the game. way. How about the Tacoma Rainiers against the Iowa Cubs? The Cubs? Oh, what? man. I've been
4: waiting on that all season.
0: Toledo Mudhens, Indianapolis
4: Indians. This is all on Saturday, by the way. Is that my- not racist? I got my popcorn ready, baby. Well, no,
0: apparently not in Indianapolis. The Gwinnett Braves and the Durham Bulls. Ooh. How about that? Hey,
4: how, the Bulls have been pretty good this year, haven't they?
0: I don't know. Well, I'm, not a, a sp- I'm
4: not talking about the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> is that a spinoff Bull
0: Durham? Uh, yes, that's what inspired.
4: Oh, dang! That's a lot of good sporting events yeah. there, Anything else? Any other important? Big yes, games?
0: this is where it gets really fucking lit. Okay. Wow.
4: <laughs> <Look at me laughs> <out>. oh. Holy. <laughs> oh my God! Mark what the time. Happened? Mark the
2: time. My, my goodness The American, Lord.
0: not the National. The American Hockey League. Conference finals get underway this weekend. Game one between the Providence Bruins and Syracuse Crunch, 7.05 p.m. Tomorrow and then on Saturday the Western Conference Finals, the San Jose Barracuda and the Grand Rapids Griffins. Oh, Barracuda!
4: Man, I'm pretty sure they already got people camping out for those games. And don't then they? it
0: gets even better. Oh no. Because the East Coast Hockey League is in the middle of their conference finals. In the Eastern Conference tomorrow, game four, the Manchester Monarchs. They have a two-to-one series lead on the South Carolina Stingrays. Game four tomorrow night. And then out east the Colorado Eagles. No, out west. The Colorado Eagles up 2-1 on the Toledo Walleye. Wow. The game, Walleye. Game four also tomorrow, 7
4: Bang, 5 They got a lot on the line. I mean, this is playoff time, man. Dude, get turn the hell in. ready. So we turn got a hell big, in. big sports weekend ahead of us, ladies and
2: gentlemen. Drop the freaking
4: mic. I mean, oh,
2: man, that was great. Just
4: bubble up some popcorn, maybe get some chicken wings, a couple of Coronas, get the boys over, find your lucky chair. And and just enjoy it, man. That's seventy two hours of just good sports, That's, right there. It's get
0: your green apple smearing off and your Mexican corn dip.
4: That's hardcore baseball, hardcore hockey. <laughs> He could, couldn't have said it better, Bab. That's, that's my kind of party.
2: Oh, my goodness. We should have a watch party. Are we going to do a watch party? I'm working.
4: Guys. I we have... can get in anywhere. I mean, it's going to be packed. Would All you these guys... sports bars are going to be packed. Would
0: you, would you guys be shocked if I have a subscription to ECHL.TV?
2: <laughs> Nothing would shock me, no. Nothing would shock no. me more than you saying, quote, unquote, now it's about to get really fucking lit. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing
4: that would shock me is if you said you don't watch those games with your pants off.
2: Or in footy pajamas. That too. Well, that, I'm Holy glad thanks for the rundown. Oh big
4: goodness. time, big time rundown this weekend. I'm sure they're all on the big-name channels. I mean, you could probably go right to the yeah. ESPNs. ECHL.TV. Right, right to the Foxes.
2: <laughs> yeah, if you want to watch it, don't worry. Just hit us up, and we'll send you over his information so you can watch that. Yeah, we, we, yeah. it's a, it's a good time. You can mooch off
0: my ECHL TV. There
2: you dis- go. Uh, We're all going to be doing it. <laughs> hit baby. us up on our Twitter, at NosebleedPod, at Pod. Also, our Facebook account, NosebleedSeats.com. Podcast. There's also an Instagram now. Is that right, Chief? Yes, there
4: is an Instagram. NBS podcast is what that is on Instagram. Please go follow us, like our pics, comment, tell us we're sexy, all that jazz.
2: Yeah, like all the goods, man. And we also got a website coming your way shortly. We've got a phenomenal social media team.
4: Yes. Thank you, Susanna. Thank you, Deja. S D media. You guys deserve a round of applause. You guys are not only beautiful, but you're smart and you're talented. They are
2: just killing it for us, helping to spread the composed awesomeness. Come be a be a nosebleed. Be a nosebleed with us. Let's get it trending. You like the show, hit us up on our Twitter or the Instagram or the Facebook. Rate us five stars on iTunes. Hit us up on Blog Top Rated Black Talk Radio. Five stars all day, every day. Hashtag nosebleed. I'm a nosebleed for life. You and me both, baby. All day, every day, baby. Attached it to sack. Tuesday night, we should have Dr. John Michael on. Finally, we're going to record a little earlier for you. Be a quick turnaround because Bab, he's got to go to a graduation at the end of next week. So we'll have an earlier edition, episode 16, for you next week. Stick around for that. Hopefully, we got the doc on to talk some NFL football. Hear about the glory days in the 90s and maybe we'll ask him a little doc questions too. find out about the health scene a little bit. How was that transition? It'll be fun. More basketball NBA Finals just around the corner. Get excited. Hope you guys have enjoyed episode 15. It's been the Nosebleed Seats Podcast. Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chiafalo, Producer Bab. Hugs and hand pounds, everybody. We'll see you next time. Come poised.
7: Stay in your lane.